This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And today we're going back to the olden days of Hollywood. But first, it's time for This Week Murder! Getting it out of the way. Yeah, sometimes you have to do that. <laughs> we, have a ban- we could have banter, but you know. Serious business today. Serious business. So what, what's the uh, first on the docket for this week of murder? 90s actress sent back to prison for 2010 drunk driving killing. Amy Locaine's acting career got off to a hot start in the early 1990s with a role as Johnny Depp's romantic interest in John Waters' cult favorite Crybaby. Did you see Crybaby? You said John Waters' Waters. Yeah, John Waters' cult. Fa- yeah, John Waters' cult favorite Crybaby. Yeah. Were you a fan of Crybaby? Love Crybaby. That is, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite John Waters movie. It's it might be my favorite John Waters movie. How would you like that over Serial Mom? How? Serial Mom was good too. No, no. How how would you how how could you? How? I just watched Crybaby a lot. My, so did I. My I sister know your really sister, liked yeah, it. Yeah, I know your sister was into Crybaby. What else did she like? Uh Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Grease, Grease 2. There's like a handful of movies that your mom loved and your sister loved. And yeah. it's, it's one of those things when back in the 80s and 90s, people just watched like just a few things yeah. over and over. Like mine was Young Frankenstein and My Bodyguard. Mine was Gremlins, Spaceballs. Oh, and Spaceballs too. A little later, Revenge of the Nerds. Mm-hmm. And Gremlins 2 when we got Gremlins 2 on VHS. Right. And old primetime wrestling tapes that we recorded off the TV. Wow. Those are like my go-to go-to VHS tapes when I was a kid. Wow. That's funny. Well. And Amy, Amy Locan was in some other movies, too. She went on new roles in, in movies like School Ties, Airheads. She had a 13-episode run on the Fox soap opera Melrose Place. Okay. But in 2000, by 2010, she was out of the public eye for the most part having scored the occasional acting role, but largely she was retired and had married instead of the family in New Jersey. She married a firefighter, actually. Huh. And Thank you for your service. On June 27, 2010, Amy Locaine was driving 53 in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. Ahead of her, Fred Seaman was turning left into his driveway going about three miles an hour. And it's not our old teacher. It was Michael, and it was S-E-A-M-A-N. M-A-N. Like C man, this is S E E. This is C man, right? Like you, like, like this man can a man. Yeah, the other one was like C man. Like he was out. Our teacher was like out on the sea. Yes, and neither one were semen. Like the yes, the substance, the that, sperm. Yes, sperm. You just say sperm. So okay. come ejaculate. You just say come, come. Thank you. All right. Where am I going? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know whether you're coming or going. Hmm. Hopefully you're going. I see you coming in here. I see either here nor there. It's there. So anyway, Fred Seaman was turning left into his driveway going about three miles an hour when Locaine... Slow down. 
<laughs> wouldn't look well. You, how much faster should you be going if you're parking? I know. And that ha- when that was happening, Locaine slammed into his car, severely injuring Fred and killing his 60-year-old wife, Helene. Poli- okay. Police found Locaine's blood alcohol level to be just under three times the legal limit, and she was convicted of vehicular homicide and assault by auto and was sentenced to three years in prison. That's it? Which was two less than the ma- mandatory minimum of five years. And she wound up serving two years overall. She should spend the rest of her fucking life. Yeah, yeah, that's a... I, I do not respect anybody that, that that is drinking and driving and then you kill somebody yeah fuck you you know what you're doing call somebody i i, I have i have zero fucking now well, listen i've been in the car with people that are drinking and driving i don't drive we we know this we've right. established this i don't drive sometimes you're drinking and you're not responsible for other people right and sometimes you're just stupid and you get in a car with somebody that's drinking and you're like, whatever, I'll just fucking chance this. But what you're also doing is is you get in a car with somebody who's driving while they're drunk. And you know this. I mean, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you're putting lives at risk. Yeah. And in this case, they they took lives. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this this is the ultimate risk right here, right? Yeah, I think it also at the time it was something to do with they gave her a smaller sentence because her children were very young. And Who gives a shit? Yeah, that, that, that's what the judge was. <laughs> Who gives a shit? She's a shitty mom. Yeah, because she could have easily died herself. It's not just that, but you're 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 setting a bad example. Like, I look at myself with my weight, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, I could drop dead of a heart attack tomorrow, right? And I think I'm a shitty dad because of that. I'm like, oh, I should have taken better care of myself. You know, right. w- early on before I thought of having kids and then I had kids and I was heavy and I, now granted I've lost some 90 pounds since uh, 2011. Right. Since my oldest, uh, uh, my oldest mom and I split. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've lost like 80 or 90 pounds. Good for me. Yeah. Still not where I want to go. Not, not, it's not where I want to be. I want to be a lot lower than what I am, but. I, I still look at myself as like a failure. I'm I'm harsh on myself, right? Mm-hmm. And if I drop dead tomorrow, somebody can go, well, he should have took better care of himself. Right. For You know, he was irresponsible. And he did a disservice to those fucking kids by being fat, you know, and unhealthy to begin with. I can't say that they're wrong. Anybody that would think that I can't say that they're wrong. It's a little harsh if they if they said that. Right. Because it's nobody's business but mine, but they would be right. But those people are not nearly as harsh on fucking people that drink and drive. That's true. Yeah. They'll be harsh on you for being heavy, but they won't be harsh on these people that drink and drive because they do it themselves. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And that's fucked up. If I am fat, it's not hurting anybody but me. And if if I die, my kids. Yeah. You know? That's who I worry about most. But this, this lady is a, is a mother. She's not setting a good example. She just fucking killed. How many people did she kill both? One just, person. Just okay, one. Only the wife died. The wife. 
Yeah. That's, that's one that's, person too many. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, ridiculous. And the case has since been revisited several times since she was released from jail. Most recently in 2019, when an appeals court judge sentenced Locaine to another five years in prison. This week, state superior court judge Angela Burkowski sentenced Locaine, who divorced in 2018, to eight years in prison with eligibility for parole after four. Locaine, who was taken into custody after the ruling, has 45 days to appeal her sentence. Her attorney, James Ronco, is oh boy, petitioning mm. the New... I can't even get the state right. The New Jersey Supreme Court arguing that the resentencing violates double jeopardy rules. So they're basically saying she was already convicted and sentenced to this crime. You can't send her back to jail for the same thing she was already released for. They uh they used to call him one take BP in uh yeah. in uh the old high school plays that he would do. Now it's now it's several takes BP. Yeah. Well, I mean, one take as in I will only do two takes though. If you don't get it in two, that's your problem. Yeah. I'm like Frank Sinatra. Sinatra, yeah. Next story. Yeah, we 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 don't we don't cut and fucking <laughs> redo redo the line. Sometimes we do. If it's really, but that if was borderline. Really yeah. I was thinking like, mm, should I? Yeah. And now I'm still thinking that nah, maybe I should have, but it's too late now. Too late. It's too late. I already brought attention to yeah. it. Yeah. California firefighter dies fighting wildfire caused by gender reveal party. Now, by the way, this is not Locaine's husband. No, no, they're in New Jersey. Right. This is in California. Yeah. But he was a firefighter. In it, case you didn't know, by the way, most of the West Coast of the United States is on fire. Yeah. It's just part it's of hell. the burning. Yes, it is, we are in hell now. Yeah. Uh, but that's like the hot part. Um. So I believe the Mayan calendar was off a few, uh -huh. off by a few years. And uh, like, this is the end of the world. The end of the world, you know, like with, with the y2k and all that shit yeah. it was just it was all within 20 years it was all this stuff maybe these people are fucking right maybe they're right we always we look at it as kind of goofy to be honest right we look at all that stuff we're like yeah, it's a little fucking goofy it's a little goofy i don't know man maybe there's something to it because a lot of crazy shit's happening the world's dying yeah yeah it's bad everything's bad everything everything's sucks bad. everything nothing good is our, going our, on our hope our hope just died on us the other day yeah it's i don't even want to get into that um but yeah everything's bad and 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 part of everything being bad is most of the west coast of the united states is on fire it's on fire one of the fires in the area is in a the area around yucaipa california and that's in and that started in the el dorado ranch park it was started by a smoke machine that sparked and ignited three to four foot tall brush during a gender reveal party and part of the reason that the wildfires are really bad in the West Coast is for a while, and it's starting to cool off now like it's cooling off most of the country, is that they had incredibly high temperatures in California. Like parts of Southern California a few weeks ago, it was upwards of 120 degrees or more. I think Death Valley, they recorded the hottest temperature in, in United States history at one point. And as they say, it's a dry heat. Yeah, they always say that about like Arizona. It's a oh, it's a dry heat, and that's good if you have like asthma or something. It's very very bad if for, you're a palm tree. Yeah, for fauna. Yeah, because there's not a lot of water. It's very dry, and then like the slightest little spark will make things go up like a tinderbox, and that's what happened here. So uh, hot weather with temperatures well over 100 degrees in parts of Southern California. It sounds like a dirty uh, name for a vagina. Tinderbox? Tinderbox. Especially now that you have Tinder. Yeah. 
It's oh, I'm gonna get me some Tinderbox. Gotta get me some Tinderbox. Yeah. Um, just uh, just some some words of advice to maybe our right leaning friends. Start with the gender reveal parties. Okay. I don't know if it's exclusively a right wing mm. thing. I think people on the left are a little bit more sensible these days. You would think. You would think. You would think. I, I would. I would like to think. It's California, so I'm thinking maybe not because uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of right. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah, yeah, anywhere you go, like people always think, oh, like it's it's. By the way, when does everything have to be left and right? Why is everything politics these days? Well, because everything's politics these days. That's why they're yeah. politics. Um, because if you have okay, let, let, let's break it down real quick for the simpletons, for the dullards, mm-hmm. if for the rubes, if for the hammeneggers, sure, if. You are a right winger, okay? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be all right, okay. Let's do it this way. If you're if you're an anti-masker, right? You're probably a right winger. Yes. If you're an anti-vaxer, now you're kind of you. You could be on both sides. Yeah. Because you have the super hippie left people that are because they're look. There are people that aren't very sensible on both sides. Like you have, I think most of your vaccines cause autism. People are on the left, and most of your the vaccines are them trying to put microchips in me. Are on the right. I'm okay with that, by the way. Of microchips? Yeah, I want my kids chipped. Okay, I can see that. But yeah. if we're all about save the children, wouldn't you want to be able to track your kids and and, and like in case your kid got uh, kidnapped, like uh, uh, Walsh? Yeah, Adam Walsh. Adam yeah. Walsh. What was he in a fucking super? Uh, no, he was in like a. Like a department store. A department store. And the toy section, I think, Mm -hmm. while she went to go buy a fucking bag or something, whatever the fuck it was, and it came back, excuse me, and then he was gone. Which is why I always see Code Adam on the doors of uh, department stores. And then they found his fucking head. Yeah. Like, what was like a week later, two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Okay, look. Chip your fucking kids. Chip your kids. But you would chip a dog. You would chip a dog. Yeah. Yes, I would chip a dog. I would chip a dog. That's why I would chip a kid. Right. And a wah. Chip a wah. Yeah. yeah. Like so it. I'm they just. falls there. I would. I would definitely chip my fucking kids. I would chip myself. Mm-hmm. But they could stop you and, and give you a heart attack. Hey, so could a fucking Reese's Outrageous bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. That can give me a heart attack. Mm-hmm. God, it's so good. Reese's, look. <laughs> Let us do a spot for you. Mr. Reese. <laughs> Listen. Let us do a spot for you. Do you think Merrill Reese is involved with that? Merrill Reese. Yeah, maybe. No, yeah. no. I think it's That's oh. another thing I don't want to fucking talk about right now either. I want to talk about politics or sports. I just I just think life. that I just think that if you're an anti-masker or like these gender reveal party people that uh, or, or any of these people that are just not listening to the like social distancing thing and stay the fuck home. I think that I think that there's a good chunk that are left leaning. Mm-hmm. I think the majority of these people are right. Uh, okay right right, and and i'm fine with the general concept of a gender reveal party like i know there are some people who are involved in the local wrestling scene around here Mm -hmm. and they had a there's like a couple they're both wrestlers and uh the the woman got pregnant and they had a gender reveal match and the way they like let all their friends and family know who was like okay if the guy in in pink wins and it's uh it's a boy if the guy in blue wins it's a girl no the other way Way to kill kayfabe if the guy in pink wins, it's a girl. The guy in blue wins, it's a boy. Well, see, if this is real, how would you, like how would that work? That's true. That is how that would, is killing know, kayfabe. Yeah, killing but kayfabe. I'd rather kill kayfabe than kill the farce. That's a great and, fucking name for, for that's a great name for like a podcast or a show. I'm sure there's been a killing kayfabe. Killing kayfabe, yeah. I'm sure there's been. 
Yeah, I'm sure like the Jim Cornettes of the world won't be happy about that, but right. it, that 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 genie is out of the bottle. We can try to not set the planet you on know fire. What? Here, here's I'm a, okay with like the cakes and things like that. Here's another way to do it. You just go online and go, hey guys, we're having a boy. Yeah, you can do that too. But I mean, that's fine if you're doing the thing with the cake it's, with the white icing and then you cut it open and it's either blue or red. Or I pink. think that they should have green in there and just fucking waste everybody's it's time. It's the Hulk. Yeah, the Hulk. <laughs> or have like, yeah, have red in there for the yeah. for the red Hulk. Yeah, you know what? Ha- why is it green? Oh, we've been bombarded with gamma radiation. Um, we're having a Hulk. Aliens, by the way. Uh, we're having an alien. So she was probed. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they they inseminated I, her. Um, what if what if it was a thing where the cake is somehow hollow? It's like yeah, we were lying. We weren't having a kid. Yeah, yeah. We just we wanted just to have wanted, a party. We just wanted your fucking gifts. <laughs> great it, it's like That'd listen, be a great prank. We, we would like a lot of ch- uh, uh we we understand you want to buy little booties and diapers and all that we would rather have amazon gift cards yeah. that's just what we're doing this this you know mm-hmm. we're just doing we want to do something different we want to do amazon gift cards okay hey dude we should just tell people we're pregnant and let's have a reg like uh, a registry <laughs> okay uh, have a have a baby shower which one is it me or you uh, i don't know which one how about we uh rock paper scissors and the winner gets to choose I probably have the more childbearing hips. Okay. I have the stomach, though, because yeah. my, my stomach is a little distended. Like, like you're wider than I am, I think. Yeah. But I'm like, I go out more. Yeah. Like, uh, so I, I think I'm going to have to do it. Okay. All right. Plus, I'm prettier. All right. Yeah. You have more hair, but, uh, you know, wigs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, with this thing, over tw- 21,000 acres of brush and forestation has been destroyed in the fire. By the way, we can't do that because people are going to be like, I fucking knew it. Yeah, that's true. It's gonna twenty six years later. You're like, I knew it. Fucking knew it. No, you don't. You know shit. We should have our fucking our reveal party. Wait, what? We're gonna have a reveal party. Okay. It's it's gonna be what our our sexual orientation reveal party. <laughs> okay. And we're gonna cut the cake open. It's gonna say straight. Like if we've been fucking saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's ninety nine percent straight. One yeah. percent because I'm part of the gate. Mine will be the empty cake. You're the empty kid, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's a big fucking A in there. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of destruction here, mass evacuations as well. Wait, uh, here, here isn't is in this conversation, or, or are we going both? Back? Oh, both. Okay, both. Oh, we just popped. Oh, that's not good. Uh, so anyway, this also has caused mass evacuations in the area, and now this gender reveal wildfire has claimed the life of a firefighter battling the blaze. The San Bernardino National Forest Service has withheld the name of the firefighter killed in action, pending notification of the next of kin. Okay. The parents to be who hosted the gender reveal party, party, <laughs> gender reveal party. Uh, that's a different kind that's of party. When that's the, when they just blow it out their asses. Yeah, that's when like one of either the mom or the dad eats a lot of like beans, beans and burritos, broccoli what? burritos. Yeah, just broccoli the, burritos, broccoli burritos. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they'd load up their ass with the appropriate color glitter, right? And then they just fart out right. like a stream of glitter that shows you exactly what gender the baby will be. Okay, we just went extremely childish, and we hate these type of things. Because if I heard oh, somebody people else, are, people are cracking up too. I guarantee it. Uh, and they're cracking like the mic is cracking right yeah. now. I apologize for his microphone popping like that i believe it was you that popped. I, I believe it was it's uh, good at least it yeah. wasn't me this time um yeah so it's okay toilet humor it's yeah. fine fart jokes are the highest form of comedy ever did you turn me down too yeah i turned us both down. i could turn their headphones uh, up okay. all right that's okay no. 
I didn't pop. You popped. I popped. Okay, go ahead. I was the one with the baby. So uh, th- there is some precedent on this too. A 2017. Uh, don't bring him into it. Precedent. Oh. Uh, a 2017 gender reveal party in Arizona caused a similar wildfire. The father to be and the organizer of that event, U.S. Border Patrol agent Dennis Dickey, ultimately was sentenced to five years probation and agreed to pay $8 million in restitution, though it's believed the actual amount he'll pay, $500 a month for 20 years, will wind up being a small fraction of that total, or $220,000. 500 bucks a month for 20 years. Yeah, that would be $220,000. All right. By the way, change your name. Fucking Dicky. <laughs> we had a teacher. I had a teacher named uh, Dicky. Did you? Mr. Dicky, yeah, in Academy Park. Yeah, he was right next to Mr. Seaman, right? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Oh. Actually, he was out in the uh, portables. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the, the portables, the modulars, whatever you want to call them. We call them the portables. Yeah, we would call them the portables. Yeah, I think some of the teachers would call them the modulars. Did they really? Yeah, it's basically those things where... They have too big of a class size, and they don't have the money to rebuild the school or add on to the school, so they would just put these, like, trailer things out in the parking lot. <laughs> and Yeah, there was there was a point where I was out there until, like, the middle of the day, because they did wound up doing homeroom. My homeroom was out there, and my first two periods were out there. Oh, I'm and, sorry, did, like, heavy, or? Yeah, it was it was bad. Okay. Especially this one day where I had to go in and out of the building to the uh, the portables during Hurricane Floyd. So we had to change classes in a hurricane. And tampons. And tampons. Yeah. yeah. Um I remember I got I got suspended by one of the teachers out there. He was uh oh man, I, I forget I forget who it was. I think it was like a history class. Okay. I don't remember who what his name was, but he suspended me for something. Like threatening to fight a teacher. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll get you suspended. I went I went to get up and go after him, so that's why I got suspended. That, that'll definitely do it. But I had oh god, who was our quarterback? Ron. Yeah, Ron. I, I had a class at Ron and he uh Yeah, it was Ron, I think Mike Williams. You remember Mike? No. Big dude? Don't remember. Big dude. Like big like big mm-hmm. um it was like me, Mike, Ron, and we would sit around and talk wrestling like Tuesday mornings or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, like what happened on Raw last Yeah, we talk about what Raw. What happened on Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, they like we gather around the uh, the thing. It was funny. Ron had like multiple beepers. I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. What year is this? 96, 97? Somewhere around there, yeah. 96. Yeah. Yeah, it was 96. So Anyway. Anyway. So we're going to be going back to the well we were in last week. We're going to be talking about Thelma and Ted. Last week, we looked at two figures in the early days of Hollywood. We looked at uh, Fatty Arbuckle, yeah. Roscoe Arbuckle, and Mabel Norman. Yep. And so early comedy. They were both comedic actors or co- comedians, vaudeville uh, and Fatty Arbuckle. Roscoe, sorry. Yeah. Roscoe Please don't Arbuckle. Call him fatty. He, he, he has a name. He doesn't like that. He, he has a name. Yeah. Well, he's dead, so he doesn't really care. Well, I care. Okay. I, Roscoe Arbuckle was a big vaudevillian. And then Why Mabel, can't you just say he was a vaudeville? Why, why do you have to say he was a big vaudevillian? Okay. Look, he sensitive. He was a very popular there you go. vaudevillian. Thank you. And Mabel Norman was more of a film star. So we're going to do the same thing again. We're going to have somebody that, that, that started in vaudeville. That we're going to talk about today, 
And then we're going to also have a uh, more of a screen star. But we're going to start with the screen star this time. And this week we moved to the 1930s, a little bit after Roscoe's time. Uh, Mabel, I believe, died in 1930 exactly. And we're going to look at two comedic icons who met mysterious ends of their own. Right after this. Thelma Todd, often referred to as the Ice Cream Blonde or Hot Toddy, started her life wanting to be a teacher. But while attending the Lowell Normal School, the Normal School, <laughs> what a great name. It's like the, uh, the fire company around here. Good intent? Yeah, formerly bad intent. Yeah. Formerly bad intent. Do you ever have, like, where you grew up, like, any weird named firehouses or anything like that? No. There was a firehouse near where I lived when I was really young. Uh, near I lived in Trainer, Pennsylvania. Uh, which is right near the state of Delaware, right by the Delaware River. And, and by the, I'm saying no. That, that that means that it's nothing that's sticking. There probably was, but but no. Right. Uh, we I lived by the Friendship Firehouse. Okay. And we would have like a lot of our wedding hall like weddings were there. It seems like it would be like a uh, if it's called Friendship. It just seems like it would be um, like a Quaker thing. Might have been. Yeah. Was there like Definitely. a handshake? I don't know. Okay. I was very young when we were there. Like, yeah, but around here, there's good intent. There's uh, humane. Humane. I was almost like, yeah, formerly inhumane part. Yeah. Which is just a, a riff on a Simpsons joke. There was a Simpsons joke where they go to a dentist, and it says, like, pain, painless dentistry, and then under it's, like, formerly painful dentistry. Right. Um, I knew somebody, by the way, uh, that lived in Lowell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude named Pat. His name was Pat from Lowell. They, Lowell, Lowell. Lowell, I believe, yeah. Lowell. And yeah, the, yeah, he yeah, he passed. That normal school is now a campus of UMass, University of Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, which is, I believe, where Dr. J went to college. Julia Serving. Yeah. Thelma also got involved in beauty pageants. Uh, there was some talk that her mother may have guided her toward that. And it worked. Uh, it led to Thelma being crowned Miss Massachusetts 1925. And while conducting her duties as a pageant queen, Thelma caught the eye of Hollywood talent scouts and she was lured away from the classroom by signing on with Paramount Pictures. At first, Thelma was seen in smaller parts, usually a pretty face in silent films. But with the advent of the talkie, she caught the eye of Hal Roach, who was a very big director back in the day. He was a longtime rival of Max Sennett. Like, Max Sennett was the king of comedy, but Hal Roach was the one kind of nipping at his heels as far as that went. Yeah. And we talked about Max Sennett last week. Hal Roach had some some people under his belt too. He had Laurel and Hardy, obviously a big a big screen duo at the time. Well, I, I think I think maybe Max and it may have discovered Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy, and then I'm you not... sign them away from them. It, it could be good because okay. that happened a lot. Yeah, because at this point Max and it's getting a little older too. But this is around yeah. the early 30s. But yeah, Max and it had Laurel and Hardy. Had Will Ro or uh, Hal Roach had Laurel and Hardy, Will Rogers, the R Gang kids, and a bunch of other big name comedians. And he had Thelma Todd, and Thelma would go on to do over 120 movies and short films, and she would do a lot with Laurel and Hardy. While she's on screen, though, she's also getting a little bit of a reputation for being a, a party girl. Do you remember, by the way, do you remember when Hal Roach died? No. Yeah, he died in like the early 90s. This is like 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember when he died. It was like Hal Roach, yeah, he was like 100 or 101 or something, something like that. He's... He was pretty freaking old when he died. It's always uh, like wild when somebody is like Olivia de Havilland just died, right? Yeah, she was like 103 or something like that. Yeah, she was. Well and I, I, I was kind of I was bummed about that because I like to look up 
the oldest people you know alive yeah. like harry belafonte is up there mm-hmm. uh who uh, michael douglas's dad kirk did he die did recently? he just he either just died or i believe kirk douglas recently died did he um i know somebody who just died within the last couple of days that, that was 98 was uh jackie stallone oh i didn't know she died yeah she died i believe on like two um sunday or monday oh crap man uh yeah hal rose was 100 he died november 2nd 1992 Oh, wow. Yeah, Kirk yeah. Douglas died February 5th. Okay. He died this year at the age of 103. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was 12 I was twelve years old when Hal Roach died. And I remember that because I grew up on uh, all these, uh, Laurel and Hardy and uh, our gang, which is the like, little rascals, our gang. Like, Who's the first celebrity you remember dying and like hearing about that celebrity dying? Because I remember three. Probably Lucille Ball. I was going to say, I don't know if it was her. Because I remember when hearing about her dying because they broke, I was watching The Price is Right with my grandmother and they broke in to say Lucille Ball died. Yeah, probably her Liberace because, no, wait, Liberace. For me, it's either Lucille Ball, Jim Henson, I don't know who died first between those two, or Sammy Davis Jr. It's one of those three. Okay, so uh, Jim Henson died in 1990. I think Lucille Ball was before that. Sammy Davis Jr. died in 90. Okay. Yeah, Lucille Ball was like 87. Okay, that would be the first one then, definitely. Yeah. Um, 89. Okay. She died the year before. So yeah, she would be the first celebrity that I remember hearing about them dying and be like, huh, death, what's that? No, I, I, I knew when she, yeah, I remember when she died, so I was nine. Um, But I know that there are people before that, obviously. Because... Like, I remember Arthur Ashe dying, but it, that may have been... Right. I think that was 80, later. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, when was that? Yeah, Arthur Ashe, I remember around the time Gilda Radner. Yeah, a bunch of them. Arthur Ashe was 93. Yeah. I think that might have been around the time Gilda Radner died, too. But Gil- any... Gilda any, Radner was 89. 80, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, three days before my birthday. Before, before my ninth birthday, yeah. And... So Thelma Todd, she's gonna die here in a minute, but for right now, no, 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 she, she died way long yeah, ago. She died, way she back, died dude. very long ago. She died about eighty-five years ago. But as far as our story goes, she's still alive, and she has a little bit of a reputation among the Hollywood circles for being a a, a partier. A partier. She liked to hang out with uh, with men. You know what I mean. She she was a whore. Uh, well, that's putting it blunt, bluntly. I, I and I know somebody's gonna say, "Well, you slut shaming." Maybe she was. Sh- a, maybe she was a serial monogamist. Here's the thing. Here's my actually. Ish- that is probably going to be close to the truth. Sure, but but we know. Look, there could be man whores and female whores. I'm okay with either one. Me saying the word whore doesn't mean I'm. I'm like, what's the word? Denigrating. Denigrating. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying that's what it. That's what it is. It's okay to be a whore. Eh, is it though? I don't know. A lot of thing. A lot of people that have looked back on her. She was promiscuous. There you go. Uh, yeah, she left. She had an active sex life, an active love life. Yeah, and she she, she was cock hungry. Okay, that's another <laughs> way to put it. And uh, there there are some things where a lot of people think that she was. She seemed to be drawn to like older men, powerful men, and it might have been like a daddy issues thing. Possibly, I think her dad was out of the picture pretty early on, and, or just was distant. And she, Ooh, she just like she did fucking money. She did like tend to gravitate toward older men and yeah. things like that. Now, if if that happened today, and an actress 
gravitated towards an older guy. Mm-hmm. And they would accuse him of, you know, having like this uh, position of power. And that's why I don't like that. I don't like that that claim. I think that that's one of those nonsense things. Like when it came to like Louis C.K., mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it, he wasn't, he didn't really even have a position of power when that shit happened with him like 20 something years ago. Nobody knew who the fuck Louis C.K. was. Like, yeah, com- comedians did. Right. But, but isn't anybody under you then? Isn't that, can't you say that anybody has a position of power if you're, if you have like gigs or something? Like, yeah. I, I, that's, I, I'm a little, I don't like that one. I don't mm-hmm. like the whole position of power thing. Like, I think that that's nonsense. Uh, but look, if you're what they would say a gold digger, fucking good for you. If you can get it. Like, I never I never uh, had an issue with that whole Anna Nicole Smith shit. Joe Rogan actually had a bit about that. Where he's like, don't you think he knows that she's using him? Like, this guy has made all this money. Chances are he's a, a tad crafty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, I never had a fucking issue. They're like, "Oh, she's just using him for his money." And so, maybe he got off on that. Did you see the thing after Modern Family was over? Uh, they did a thing. It was a joke where like Sophia Vergara's sitting next to Ed O'Neill and he's like playing dead and she's like, "Finally, I'm rich." <laughs> no. <laughs> that show ended? Yeah, they they they, oh. they ended their run this year. Okay. But, but get- anyway, I mean uh, with with Thelma Todd, she wasn't shooting that high. She wasn't marrying like a a studio executive. She she married uh Pasquale Pat Tachico. Now is it Pasquale? Is it Pasquale? Ah, who knows? I would ask him, but he's long dead. Yeah, I've heard I've heard it uh, multiple ways, and it's Tachico. Now check this out. So Pat Tachico, mm-hmm. all right. I've heard it said, Tachico, Tachico, Tachico. Yeah, it's Tachico. Yeah, if, if I if I knew somebody with that name, I would say the Chico. Just, well, the, just, so it's D I. Yeah, C I C C O. C I yeah. Wow, D I C I C C O. Now the reason why I know it's the Chico is because I went back and I watched old videos. Okay. Of uh, like news things when right. uh, Pat the Chico uh, ends up getting married. Yeah, he was a an agent, a film producer. He was married to Thelma Todd for a bit. He was married to Gloria Vanderbilt that's, for a bit. So that's what I watch. I watch a, a clip of when he got married to Gloria Vanderbilt, who was the mother of Anderson Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just died. Right? Yeah, she died a few years ago. Yeah. Um, earlier. Yeah, not even that, maybe. Yeah, like a year or two ago. She was married also to Sidney Lumet, the director who directed things like uh, Dog Day Afternoon Network, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. Network. You really like that movie, don't you? Dog Day Afternoon is a really good movie, too. Sidney Lumet was an amazing director. Network's got one of those like real good like monologues, right? Yeah, it's the uh, Howard Beale. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this yeah, anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah. mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I love those. Uh, I love those movies with those fucking monologues or whatever. Uh, but anyway, Pat the Chico. Yeah, so that's how I knew that that's how you pronounce the name is from watching a, a clip of when he married Gloria Vanderbilt. So. Yeah, Network was one of those movies like Idiocracy too, where it just predicted the future. Yeah, completely. Yeah, uh, he he. Uh, Sidney Lumet directed that. Twelve Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon. He yeah, he passed. He's always from Philadelphia. Uh, he passed away back in 2011. Did you ever see the movie? It was the last movie he did. It was uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. I heard of it. I didn't see it. Yeah, that was that was really good. He did uh, Murder on the Orient Express too with Albert Finney. Oh, okay. A very good director. Ooh, very good director. Look, you know, I'm I'm a um, I'm a big fan of David Suchet. 
mm-hmm. uh, as Poirot. He's my favorite Poirot. He is the consummate Poirot. But damn, if Albert Finney wasn't a good fucking runner-up. Yeah. That dude is number two. He was fucking fantastic. Because I, I, I watched that. I was like, uh, this dude's not good. And then I watched it. I was like, okay, he's a fucking good Poirot. Mm-hmm. I'm he, kind of excited for uh, Death on the Nile. Yeah. Uh, I am too. A- any any kind of Poirot. Dude, I even like that fucking, you know that. John uh, Malkovich. John Malkovich. I hate yeah. John Malkovich. I hate John Malkovich. I want to be John Malkovich. I want to be Bob Dylan. Mr. Jones wishes he was someone just a little more funky. Okay. So, Pat the Chico. Pat the Chico. It's the Chico. We've established that. He was the Coco. The Chico. Oh. He was an agent and a film producer who would frequently get drunk and get in the fight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, At one point, one of them led to Thelma having an emergency appendectomy because he hit her so hard. Not a nice man. Uh, Apparently, he put his hands on Gloria Vanderbilt, too. Yeah, that's what she said, too. And... And he was allegedly mobbed up. That becomes important later. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he had some ties, ties to the mob. With, uh, yeah. Lucky, lucky Luciano. Luciano. Whereas uh, other people say Luciano, Luciano, Lucini. Lucini. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a little more into Lucky if we ever do like a Bugsy Siegel episode or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd yeah. be cool. So, I, I mean, we, we haven't really done a lot of like mob stuff. Yeah, I like to stay away from that stuff. I'm not, you know what it is? I'm, I've just never been that interested in it. I mean, some of it's interesting, just kind of like the hierarchy and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's also I think well tread ground, especially through like movies and stuff. That's what I, that's what I mean. Like with the movies, I just I just doesn't interest me. I, some of them, I I never really. I mean, like I did finally watch The Godfather. It took me forever to watch The Godfather. Yeah, I did like The Sopranos a lot. I like I the love Sopranos. Goodfellas. Yeah. Remember, I know it's not Italian mob, but remember we watched Scarface? Yeah. I wasn't a big fan. We were just like, meh. Yeah, not for me. Not for me. Yeah. I know. People are like, the fuck is wrong with you? Ooh. Yeah, I know. You hate Scarface. Ooh. I don't like your taste. You guys suck anyway. Am I listening? All right, go ahead. I know you're not the biggest Al Pacino fan. No. I l- no. We brought up a movie just now that I loved him in, and that was Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, fuck him. Um... Anyway, he wouldn't come to fucking Philly to do two bits. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, also not for Thelma Todd. She said uh, this Pat the Chico guy, not for me. I don't, I don't like him. He he made me bust my appendix. And they divorced in 1934. And she kind of went back into the arms of an old flame, and not just romantically, but also business wise. She. Was trying to branch out of acting and other adventures. She, Thelma Todd. I mean, we've we said, oh, she was pretty promiscuous. She was also pretty smart, yeah. And she was pretty savvy, savvy as far yeah. as how Hollywood went, and was very willing to stand up for herself, and not kind of do the typical things that a woman would have to do to get get ahead in Hollywood. Uh, no, like, hey, if you you know come on my casting couch, you know, you'll get a part in this movie. She she wasn't about that, right? But she was about Roland West. Roland West was an old colleague and a, a director that she uh, went into business with in 1934. He was born Roland Van Zimmer. He got his start in vaudeville productions, and then he moved on to direct films. He directed a movie called The Monster, starring Lon Chaney. Okay. And he did some other things, too. He married actress Jewel Carmen in 1918. And he... Allegedly. Allegedly. Married Jill Carmen. No. Oh. 
The next apartment. He allegedly began an on-and-off affair with Thelma Todd after meeting her on a yacht trip in 1930. Here's why I say allegedly, because I've heard it both ways. I've heard that they had a thing, and then I heard that there wasn't really a thing between those two. Okay. I've heard that that um their their living situation right was not what you think it was and it was okay so who knows knows? whatever happened with them romantically what we do know is they were business partners yes as was jewel carmen she was part of this too todd west and carmen all lived on the same estate in the pacific palisades and knowing that film careers don't last forever especially for actresses like thelma and jewel they partnered together for Thelma Todd's Roadside Cafe, a beachside eatery right on the Roosevelt, now the Pacific Coast Highway. Despite a pricey menu, Todd's Cafe was an early success, and it drew in industry professionals and tourists. So yeah, the 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 building was um it was you had Thelma Todd's Roadside Cafe, mm-hmm. which was a small area, and then you had Hoya's, which was I guess like a a, a restaurant. Above it, above it, yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then there was above the roadside cafe was I guess where the living quarters would be. Yeah, like Thelma had a thing there, didn't she? And yeah, Roland West, Roland had, had, a West had a thing there, and and Carmen. Okay, uh, and then apparently the third floor was like an unused, right? Kind of, uh, I guess there was just like maybe storage or whatever, right? And and when I watch videos of people going there. Some will say like they're like oh and this was her her and they'll go up to the third floor and they're like this is Thelma Todd's I guess that they go there and they think that that was her apartment right. because it was the biggest mm-hmm. but I've heard from multiple sources that that part was empty okay it was that, like an attic basically yeah that that it was just but it's it, yeah it's more than an attic but right. it's it's like and we'll get into it I'm sure that uh yeah we'll get we'll get into it I'm sure I'm sure you'll bring back yeah, Lucky, so, Lucky's name again yeah so I believe there were adjoining suites like Thelma Roland Carmen had adjoining suites yeah above this the is, cafe this is right above the cafe yeah yeah and um so what, what we're looking at here we're gonna kind of get to the heart of this and the, and the heart of this is on the night of December 14th 1935 Thelma att- that night attended a party hosted by a pair of industry friends Stanley Lupino and his daughter Ida Lupino Ida Ida Lupino. Yeah. But I think it was Ida Lupino. I don't know. Even though you, okay, Ida Lupino. Yeah, 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 she was she was 16 years old. Oh, Ida okay. Lupino. I've actually I actually know Ida Lupino. She um when did she die? I don't think it was too long ago. I oh, I said I know her like I fucking know her. You actually <laughs> bought you bought a house off of a Lupino. Yeah. I don't think it was Ida though. I think she was dead. No. Yeah. And uh so the party that night Ida Lupino, I'm sorry. Ida Lupino died in uh 1995. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was 77. So hmm. rest in peace. They were, they were British. They were British. Uh, okay. Yeah. So at, at this party, mm-hmm. the, uh, most of the people who were at the party remembered um, Thelma having some drinks, being in generally good spirits. She did have a little bit of a terse exchange with Pat DeChico, who wound up being uh, invited there as well, or weaseling his way into the party. I. So again, there's one of these things you hear multiple stories or you read multiple stories or you hear it depending on mm-hmm. what you're listening to or what you're reading. Uh, I heard that they were kind of put together. Oh, okay. Like sat next to each other mm. and it was kind of like a... Oh, he's here. She's here. Yeah. Like one of those situations. And then Pat got up and moved mm-hmm. and she's like, you're, you're embarrassing me. Like, oh, okay. You know. 
So maybe maybe she was maybe she requested to be uh, put with Pat. I don't know. Okay. And Pat showed up with a, a guest, mm-hmm. and then Pat got up and moved to a different table. I yeah. guess he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I don't know. I don't want this." Yeah. Speaking of old movies, this is some. Uh, this feels like something almost out of Rashomon, which was the Akira Kurosawa movie, where it was basically this person died, and you got different perspectives of their death. It was like the ghost, and like, and then like this other person was there. This other person was there. And basically, the whole movie was about, well, what is truth? Everybody's truth is different. <laughs> yeah. They made a movie based off of this with Lonnie Anderson. Mm-hmm. It's called, like, White Hot. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. In oh, a bit. Okay. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, basically, what I'm getting at is, we don't know what happened here. We don't know. We, we don't know because there's so many different stories and there's so many different conflicting stories. Yeah. We're just going to kind of break down everything we've heard just and by the way, into this. J- just kind of w- what's funny is that the next story that we talk about mm-hmm. also takes place at the Club Trocadero. Right. And also, we don't know. Like, and, and other, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's another one with conflicting stories. Yeah. All I know is do not go to Trocadero in yeah. December in the 1930s because right. people will end up dead and nobody will know shit. It, yeah. If, if you're in your time machine, avoid 2020. Avoid everything after 2020 and avoid the Trocadero in not the 1930s on a Friday. By the December. way, we say Trocadero because I, I've heard people say Trocadero. I've mm-hmm. heard Trocadero, which is the fucking weirdest one. Uh, but I've I've heard Trocadero multiple times. Now, I don't know if it's one of these copy and paste things where, you know how you get like lyrics that are wrong. Right. But they're wrong on 30 different websites because one person did it and then they just copy and pasted it. Mm hmm. Uh, I've heard Trocadero multiple times. Here's why I'm going to say Trocadero. We have a club Trocadero. Well, we had one. We had a Trocadero or the Troc in Philly. Yep. Uh, and this place has been open since fucking vaudeville days. Wow. Yeah. The, the I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. The Troc was used in, in during vaudeville uh, in Philly. So we call it the Trocadero. That's the name of it, Trocadero. So that's why we're going to say the Trocadero. Yeah. So take that. Take that. Take that. Take that, you Trocs. Yeah. Yeah, stroke so, on that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, it looks like the Trocadero is no longer uh, no longer a thing. Yeah, it's a shame. It, it shut. Yeah, it was around since the 1870s. Yeah, and it closed in May 2019. Fuck, that's that's so sad. Yeah, that's so sad. I never got to go to the Troc. I I know. I think that they did like uh, those zombie proms there. Did they? Yeah. Um. Fuck, I never got to go to the truck and I and I wish it, it's funny because it was kind of a little too late when I started looking into it. And this is a few years ago. I started looking into it. I was like, wait, that was a vaudeville fucking spot because oh, wow. I love vaudeville. spots. Yeah. I love when I when I find that there's a building that was a vaudeville spot. I'm like, it's like it holds magic. I don't know. Like, there's just something special about it. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, I need to go to the Trocadero. And then it fucking closed. Yeah. So there we go. Building's probably still there, though. Yeah, yeah, it closed you, like a year ago. You could probably, so I could probably, if I w- went down there and I documented something, and I was, you know, I was like document, I could probably get somebody to let me in. Yeah, you know, but uh, if I was like, oh, I'm doing something for uh, vaudeville, like doing something on vaudeville, mm-hmm. which I fucking love vaudeville. Go ahead, I'm sorry. So, so Thelma Todd was there for a while, and 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 she calls at Roland, the Trocadero, by the way, in California, California, yeah. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, yeah. yeah. So she calls Roland West to let him know she would be leaving the party soon, 
that was around one in the morning. Thelma, however, opted to stick around the party for a few more hours and left sometime around three and four fifteen a.m. Now, apparently, Roland West says to her, "Be back by two o'clock." This okay. is this is what I've heard from multiple. Apparently, he worried about her drinking and partying right. and things like that. Yeah, and for whatever reason it was, is it was come back at two o'clock or he was going to lock her out. Okay. And wasn't there a thing where like she had broken a window before to come in or something? So like that? that's why this, the, a lot of this seems very suspicious. Yeah, because she made a racket, and then it was covered by other shows where they were like, "Well, maybe you know, I, I, the one conversation is maybe you know she was like, oh, I don't want to cause such a racket anymore." Right. Um. But nah. that's a very considerate drunk. Yeah, that's a very considerate yeah. drunk. If you're gonna be nah. like, I don't want to cause a fuss. Nah, I'm not buying that. Plus, here's another thing too: there are multiple fucking ways to get in that building. Mm-hmm. There are multiple doors. Okay. Yeah. If Jewel Carmen is there, if she's living in that house too, if she's in one of the uh, apartments, mm-hmm. okay, why wouldn't she knock on that door? Or why wouldn't she? Because apparently she had a key to get in. Okay, yeah. fine. We'll get into it about. We'll get we'll get into all that stuff. I'm sure, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that then. So for some reason, Thelma's driver let her off in front of the restaurant, not along the winding road behind the building, which is where Thelma reportedly went right after being left out of the car. Uh, she found the gate leading into her home deadbolted, something Roland West, they're thinking, must have done. Thelma wound up being unable to find her key, even though, as you were just saying, it was found on her person later. It was a cold night. It's mid-December and ocean air is blowing in. Thelma was wearing a thin dress and a fur coat. According to what law enforcement believes, she then walked up to a garage in a in a building near the the cafe complex where Jewel Carmen's mother, right, was staying, correct? Uh no. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Um maybe. It was a garage, uh, and then the caretaker, which is Roland West's brother, was above the garage. Was above the garage. And, and then, then the there house. was a house above that where Jewel Carmen's mother yeah, was staying. Oh, possibly, yeah. Possibly. And the garage was in a home on the Todd West estate, and the apartment over, as everything we're just saying, uh, possibly the mother was there, The bro- uh, Roland's brother was and there. And that's where her Lincoln Phaeton was uh, parked. Yes. No one... Not not where her her building is, because I don't know if they had a garage right. that, that can house her Phaeton. Right. Uh, but... Great name for a car. The Phaeton? Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool fucking name. I had a Photon phone once. It was like the Motorola Photon. Everybody called it the mofo. I actually had a photon laser tag set. Oh. Yeah, when I, uh, it was, it was like a competition with laser tag. Mm-hmm. Do you remember laser tag? Yes. I mean, there was a brand called laser yes. tag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the eighties. And, uh, did you ever go to Halloween out for Halloween dressed as the concept of laser tag? <laughs> oh, that was uh, a uh, run? Homestar Runner reference. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> dressed as the concept of laser tag. Uh, no, but uh, I remember having laser tag and then I got photon mm-hmm. and photon was just like, what the fuck is this? What, <laughs> what is this? You know? Because nobody else had it. And I didn't know what I was doing with all that shit. My kids love playing laser tag. They would love laser tag. And, and when I say, when I keep saying laser tag, I mean the concept of laser yes. tag. Uh, the, the game of laser tag. There's Plus, a laser tag place that just reopened by us. Really? Yeah. At the uh, roller skating rink. Oh, that's been there. 
Yeah, but they just reopened. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, closed yeah. for a bit. Right, but I'm saying it's like yeah, they, like, they had that laser. I thought yeah. I thought you were saying a new one, but anyway, um, yeah. So her her key was on her. Uh, Thelma Todd's key was on her. They found the key on her. So yeah, it was like in, she had like a purse in her. There are multiple. Something. Why couldn't she open up the door to the restaurant? Why wouldn't she just if she couldn't get in her house that way? Yeah. Why wouldn't she get in another? There are multiple doors to get in. I don't. It's very fishy. It's it very, very suspicious. suspicious. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um. Okay. So no one saw Thelma the next day, which was a Sunday. But her assistant, May uh, oh, May Whitehead, May Whitehead. Yeah. Uh, now nobody saw her, but well, actually, somebody what, claimed to have gotten a phone call from her. Right? One, somebody claimed to, to to have gotten a phone call from her about like four o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and somebody said that they saw her at an intersection. Okay, so who the fuck knows? And I believe somebody said that they saw Roland West in a Lincoln Phaeton. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, I didn't hear that. Again, one. there's so many different stories you're going to hear on this thing, so it's kind of. You don't know what to believe. This is one of those great things to like to delve into. Uh, just start looking it up. Do your own research. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We're, we're not here to solve the case. Yeah. I mean, I am pay it. Pay Look, pay us money here. In, in, by the way, I'm here to solve the case. By the way, I'll do it later. I, I, this is what I want to do. I have a, I have a, a, a plan mm-hmm. laid out. All right. For us. OK. Yes. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get rich. OK. All right. We're going to start small. Now, yes. I know it's kind of late in life. I'm 40 years old. You're yeah. 37. It's fine. People start later than than us. Hopefully, we stay alive long enough. Uh-huh. Hopefully, we don't pull like a fucking Ralphie May or whoever else is fat and died at like 45. Right. And we Hopefully, li- we're more Louis Anderson than Ralphie May. Yeah, let's be like uh, Abdullah the Butcher and yeah. Louis Anderson. Let's be those fat guys yeah. that lived to be like in their 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyway... We're going to we're going to start it out here. We're going to we're going to start out like Project Humanoid Radio. We're going to focus more on the radio side of things. We're going to do radio productions and stuff like that. Right. We're going to start doing audio productions and we're going to start making money. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move out to California. OK. OK. And hopefully when the fires die and yeah. stuff like that, we're going to go out there. Hopefully before the world ends in about six months. No, no, no. It'll be fine. Uh, and stop. Uh, we're going to move move out there and then we're going to buy her building okay okay the thaumatod's roadside cafe right we're gonna buy that whole building Mm -hmm. the third floor we're gonna turn in that's gonna be like the podcast like radio studio right you know and then we'll have like offices and stuff like that we're Mm -hmm. gonna buy that Uh, but we're also gonna have a detective agency there too okay yeah (laughs) podcasters and detectives right and we're going to solve her case okay yeah we're going to look at, we're going to be so fucking thorough. We're going to find the guy who did this and bring him to justice. We're not going to find the guy who right. did this. He's dead. Yeah. He's we're, almost certainly we're, we're dead. Gonna, we're going to get, we're going to come to a really good conclusion. Okay. Because at this point, it's, uh, I could throw out names, but I'll wait till the end of it. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I'll tell you who I think it was at the end of this, mm-hmm. but um, we're going to open up a detective agency and, and uh, like a podcast, like, you know, networking studio. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. Good. Yeah. Good plan. Okay. I like it. Me too. What I don't like is that on Monday when they get went to grab Thelma's car so she could go to work on her latest production, Laurel and Hardy's The Bohemian Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she They called her and she is late. And I hate these stories. Like, uh, they did the same thing with Eddie Guerrero. Yep. You know, like you call them, you try to get them and they're like, hey, what's up? How come so-and-so didn't show up for work? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so... 
they, uh, I, I guess May, May Whitehead went to go get her car. Who sent May Whitehead to go get her car is what I want to know. Who I sent, think that was like her job. But who sent her to do it? I don't know. Maybe Roland West? Maybe. Okay. Maybe somebody who called? I don't know who exactly would do it. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, what uh, May Whitehead found was Thelma Todd dead in her car. Yeah. Uh, the reason why she died depends on whether you believe the coroner or the press and whether you think Club Trocadero changed their story and a million other things. Uh, what was clear was that Thelma had died of carbon monoxide poisoning caused by the running car. Detectives at the time ruled the death accidental. The autopsy surgeon, A.P. Wagner, reported that Todd had no marks of violence anywhere upon or within the body other than a superficial contusion on her upper lip. Yeah. A grand jury ruled the death accidental and added the recommendation that further investigation should be made. Right. Media reports on the death told a different story. A story that Todd had a broken nose, two broken ribs, and that her, the car and her clothing were covered in her coagulated blood. And that uh, she had a tooth knocked out. A tooth knocked out. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, some said a chip tooth, but it was more, it was a tooth knocked out for most of the reports that I, I've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because apparently she had a porcelain tooth mm-hmm. and I guess it, it was knocked out. It, so look, if we're going by what the media is reporting and I don't know what other, how they're getting these reports. Is this one of these sensationalized reports? Somebody just comes up with something that sounds good. Right. Are they getting some, something else? Uh, because it seemed like, it seemed like a lot of people were in the pockets of a lot of other people. Yeah. Cops, coroners, every everything. The uh, studio, the movie studios are very powerful. The mob was very powerful. And if you, it was a lot easier to cover shit up back then. Um, But if we're going by what the media reported, and she did, excuse me, did have two broken ribs. How, how did they find out that she had two broken ribs? Um, Did she have a broken nose? Apparently there was blood on her face. Mm-hmm. And I saw a picture of her like slumped over. I saw a few uh, from a few different angles. And at first I was like, I don't know. And then I did. It looked like there was some blood on her face. Okay. Did the blood splatter, but the spatter, right. the spatter splatter uh, when she like fell or like if she passed out and hit her. So do we. Okay. So do we talk about right now or do we wait for how possibly she got in the in the car? We can talk about it now. So there is the rumor, theory, whatever, that she could have possibly been, uh, she, she leaves a, a Trocadero and then comes home and, or she doesn't come home that way right and she goes somewhere else and gets beaten maybe goes out to eat right and then kind of she's already fucked up maybe maybe they do something with her maybe they fucking knock her out they you know they 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 beat her over a little bit and then put her in the fucking car run the car turn the car on yep shut the garage door and she's just out so she doesn't even know when yeah like she she would have she didn't even know she was in that car as possibly yeah um now they said that they found peas and carrots in her system yes 
but the club trocadero at first says that, that like that wasn't even on the menu right and then later they said it was which they easily could have just been like somebody could have been like hey yeah fucking say that that, that shit was on the fucking menu exactly or else it, yeah yeah pretty much you know you're gonna say that that fucking you serve peas and carrots you motherfucker or mm-hmm. else and then they they say oh oh yeah uh you know what come to think of it we did serve peas we and did carrots. Have pe- yeah, only carrots for her. Carrots and peas. Only for her. Only for her. Yeah. Nobody else. She's just being a background extra saying peas and carrots, carrots and peas. Yeah. Um, Because apparently she was locked into this contract to where she had to weigh like 122 pounds. Yeah. And she couldn't go like... Like three pounds three over, pounds six, over pound six pounds under. Um, and if she did, she would, it, would be, it would be like a breach of contract. Yeah. And which is ridiculous. Yeah, they did that shit back then. But maybe that's why she was eating peas and carrots. Maybe she was yeah. like, I can only eat a fucking handful of things. Yeah, especially if you're taking a lot of your calories liquidly. Uh but but if they and she was on a lot of shit. If she was like barbiturates. Pr- barbiturates, and, diet pills, so swappers, so, downers. So here okay, so if Trocadero doesn't serve peas and carrots, mm-hmm. How did peas and carrots get into her stomach? She must have eaten them somewhere else. So most likely she leaves Trocadero with someone. Right. Maybe she leaves with her chauffeur and then the chauffeur drops her off somewhere else. I There was another name that, that she supposedly went to another place. Mm-hmm. Maybe she goes there with somebody. Now, one of the names... Okay, go ahead. Go, go into the story, and then... Sure, I'll, sure. I'll, chime I'll, in where you want to chime in. Yeah. So with police corruption rampant in Los Angeles and the mob near the peak of their power, some suspicion did turn to Pat DeChico, who was seen, you know, having a little bit of a dust-up with Todd that night, whether it was his fault or not. And um, he, he would openly flaunt mob ties. It was something that was kind of an open secret that uh, the Pat DeChico was mobbed up. And he was purportedly tied to notorious mobster Lucky Luciano. We brought him up earlier. Yeah. And Luciano himself had been uh, tied to Todd's death. And again, one of the hardest things to parse in this story is there's so much conflicting information. You'll hear some things that say Luciano and Todd were an item briefly. Uh, You'll hear some that'll say that Luciano was trying to force Todd to open up an illegal casino on the third floor of the cafe, that empty building. And she she flat out was like, no, she just turned him down. Right. And some uh, say they didn't even know each other. Right. So it's like, what do you believe? Um, and, and, and for this, uh, so there's, there's another thing that possibly Luciano did it. Right. Uh, and then some say that, well, he wasn't even in town. Right. He was somewhere else. I've read other things that he, he possibly did this, jumped on a plane and had like headed out right after. Yeah. Um, so who the fuck knows? Exactly. But but here's another thing that everybody fucking fails to say, because I, I, I watched a lot of these videos, mm-hmm. and people were like, well, but Lucky Luciano isn't even there. Oh, because he can't fucking get somebody to do it for him. Yeah, exactly. Because he can't fucking say. Yeah, because nobody in prison has ever fucking put out a hit on somebody while they were still in prison. Right, and another thing, too, was... I'm, I'm, and, and I'm using that, by the way, as saying you could be somewhere... And still fucking be effective. Right. Lucky Luciano could have been. He had connections. He could have been in fucking Chicago or wherever the hell he's supposed to be at this time and mm-hmm. still had somebody do something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And e- even before this, Todd had been receiving 
threatening extortion letters from someone calling themselves the Ace of Hearts. An obsessed fan was arrested for sending them, and the letters stopped. But some people believe that the real person behind it might have been DeChico or Luciano or someone else. And if somebody could pay off a coroner to downplay Todd's injuries, it seems like somebody with Lucky Luciano's reach would be a good candidate for that. Yeah. And others have cast suspicion on Roland West and Jewel Carmen. Uh, another easy narrative at the time was that Jewel, who was born Florence Lavina Quick, was the jilted, jealous wife who could no longer stand that her husband had resumed this on-again, off-again affair that may have happened with Thelma Todd. Yeah, you, you heard... That's a lot of jumping to conclusions, maybe. Yeah, you've heard the same thing with, um, when we did the, uh, Superman. Yeah. George, uh, George Reeves and, um, Eddie Mannix. Right. You know, like... Oh, we'll get into him later, too. Like, Eddie Mannix was allowing his wife to sleep with George Reeves. Right. And then... George Reeves kind of cut it off like six months later. He's with somebody else. And then maybe she wanted to get back. And Eddie's like, hey, you don't fuck over my wife. Right. You fuck. You don't fuck her over. You fuck her good. <laughs> All right. You fuck my wife or you fucking end up dead. And then, you know, he's yeah. a fixer. So he, he you know, kills it. But it, it seems a little goofy. I don't I don't know that I would put any stock in that. Hey, maybe. Maybe. You never yeah. know. But not my number one fucking suspect right and there were also rumors that carmen was unhappy with the way thelma was running the restaurant and with her gone carmen and roland did have complete ownership of it another person who potentially stood the game from thelma's death was alice todd her mother and sole heir yeah a lot of people don't bring this one up and so when i say she's not my number one by the way going back to uh uh, uh joel carmen. carmen uh I say she's not my number one, but I'm going to tell you she's not too far off. I'll okay. give you my list. Okay. Okay. Here's my list mm -hmm. of of pu so you have Roland West. Okay. Is he at the top of your list? He's he's up there. Okay. You have Roland West. Mm -hmm. You have Alice Todd. Okay. Jo Joel Carmen and then Pat the Chico. What about Lucky Luciano? Lucky Luciano uh, is probably a, he's going to be your fifth. What about it's an accident? Way down there? No, way down there. Because okay. if, if if we're going by, um, so other other again, this is brought up by other people. And th these are very good observations. Uh, she was supposedly let. Up, the driver says that he left her off at the bottom of the stairs. Right. She had to walk up through there at the time. You got to remember, not everything was concrete. There was a lot of dirt. Yeah. It's December. It's windy. Her hair wasn't blown all over the place. Uh, there's no dirt on her fucking shit. Nothing makes nothing. No evidence that she made this trek from she, there all the way up. If she had two broken ribs, how did her ribs get broken? Did she fall? If she fell, why is she not dirty? Why does she not have dirt all over her? Mm -hmm. So nothing is making sense. Now, yes. now if it's, she didn't have broken ribs and it's just a carbon monoxide thing. Sure. Right. But explain all the other things. Exactly. Now she could, the, the busted lip. Okay, yeah, you could say, oh, she slumped over, hit her, hit her face on the, uh, on the um, uh, steering the wheel, wheel. Yeah. And, you know. But I'm just not buying it. Yeah, no, just it's, not buying it, it. It is very suspicious because I wouldn't. I'm not I, really buying it either. If I'm hammered, mm -hmm. I'm not going all the way up to my car. Right. I'm not. I'm not climbing up all those steps. It's the last thing I want to fucking do when I'm drunk. I'm banging on that fucking door until somebody opens up. Yeah. I am not going to stop until you open up, or I'm going to break another window like I did before. Mm -hmm. If I'm her. Right. Not me. Not you. Not me. Not breaking any windows. No. So uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. There is a film about the story, White Hot, 
the mysterious death or the mysterious murder they actually said of Thelma Todd. And that aired on NBC in 1991 with Lonnie Anderson playing Todd. The movie was based on an Andy Edmonds book, Hot Toddy, the true story of Hollywood's most sensational murder. And that movie laid the blame for Thelma's death on Lucky Luciano, saying he hired a hitman to do it, like you were saying. And it also alleged that the actress and the gangster were dating at the time. Yeah, I mean, he's five on my list. He's number five. Mm -hmm. But I see, I, I look at, like, who, who really benefited from her dying and it's uh roland west and alice todd alice todd number one actually right alice todd's the one who got everything when she died but i think but that, she, i think roland west would have had more of an opportunity they always say motive means an opportunity right i think with you might have all three with him yeah and 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 maybe there was all three maybe it was alice roland west and fucking joel carmen yeah because supposedly now again it right. could be a murder on the Orient Express thing where like everybody's everybody's right. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, and you look it up, uh, or you, you you can look into it. She said to a friend that she was building this big mansion or something like that. Mm -hmm. Where's she getting the money for it? That's true. Yeah. Where's she going to get the money for for building the thing? So again, my list for that, that I'm looking at is I got Roland West, I got Alice Todd, I got Joe Carmen, Joe Carmen, Pat DeChico. Lucky Luciano. Lucky Luciano. They're 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 my five. Okay, yeah, they're my five. And, and seems solid. Yeah, and then number six could be like Craze fan. Uh, number yeah. number seven is accidental. Right. Yeah. Number seven is spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a long-standing uh, rumor. Number eight is uh, flying squirrel. That could happen. Yeah. Uh, there's a long-standing rumor that. That uh, Roland West made a deathbed confession, albeit one riddled with inconsistencies, to actor Chester Morris, who yeah. was best known for playing the anti-hero Boston Blackie back in the day. Right. Uh, but that that's something that people have kind of taken with a grain of salt. Yeah, there's, supposedly he... I've heard, again, one of these things you hear multiple ways. I heard him say that he locked her in the... Uh, the garage the garage he locked her in the garage i heard one mm -hmm. and two he said that he was actually i heard three things i heard one he locked her in the garage right like just to kind of like let her cool calm off. down yeah. cool off two was he said that he felt in some way to blame for her death right and three he said that he killed he, he did it yeah, yeah. so so uh, another person who looked into this was reporter Aggie Underwood, Agnes Underwood. She was a fixture in L.A. media for decades, into like the 1960s. And she believed there was a cover-up and, and, and talked about the Thelma Todd case a lot in her memoir. And she relayed some conversations she had with a, a police officer, officer she did not name. And this is a quote from Agnes Underwood's book. Quote, he was deeper in the mystery, meaning the police officer, receiving threatening calls which carried a secret and unlisted number. He was warned to, quote, lay off if you know what's good for you. And that's that's so true. That happens all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that type of rhetoric growing up. Right. I've heard things like, don't open a can of worms. Exactly. Um, You know, just like, if you know what's good for you. Yeah, just that, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And the world is a fucked up place. We all can't be... The pillars of the community or, you know, standing on our moral high ground all the time. But I try to be a good person as, as much as possible. Right. But fuck, if I'm not surrounded by so much shitty fucking shit in my life, you know, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You're going to cut out everybody because 
somebody says something racist or you know that they're blatantly racist. Right. I'm not going to mention names, but recently I saw a family member uh, post something that says uh, white, privi- white privilege is a myth. Right. And they, they shared a, a meme. And it's like, you don't understand what white privilege is. Yeah, that's a white lot of privilege, right White now, privilege yeah. doesn't, under, doesn't mean that you didn't struggle growing up yeah. or you had to work for, for what you had. It means you had the opportunity that somebody right. that's black doesn't have. It means the odds weren't further stacked against you because of your skin color. Right. And then they're going to go, well, they did that to themselves. Okay. Yeah. And that's right. And that's, you can't even have a conversation yeah. with these people anymore. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, and, and so, and so you, if, if, if for some people, it's kind of like you can't bite the hand that feeds you. Right. So, you know, in this case with the cop, you know, if, look, man, leave well enough alone. Yeah. And he's going to get threatened. Maybe he's maybe he's getting his 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 kids threatened. His fucking wife. Maybe it's like you know you keep fucking fucking around and something something bad's going to happen to you. Yeah. So this is what happens when a good cop stops being a good cop. And yeah, and, and what happened with this cop in particular, according to the uh, the memoir here, was that he had stopped and searched an automobile of a powerful motion picture figure in the car. There was a witness who had reported that. They had seen Thelma Todd on that Sunday, the day before she was found. The 15th. The 15th, yeah. yeah. Near the witness was a packed suitcase. So they were getting them out of town. And the investigator uh, t- said to the uh, the reporter, to Aggie, that the owner of the car attempted to have him ousted from the police department. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on here. This happens all the time. There's so many dirty cops. It's not like that, Um, you know... Like we look at today's, we look at cops today and we're like, oh, there's no such thing as good cops. I, I even say it. I even say that. Right. Right. But it's because I'm pissed. Yeah. But there are good cops. There are good cops. Just there's a pro- there's institutional problems in the system that makes it extra hard on good cops. <laughs> and it's always been that way. Yes. It's always been that way. There's police have never. And I'm telling you this a- a- again. I get. I I know it's it's a fucking you're beating a dead horse or whatever. Uh, it's it's a skipping record or whatever whatever the idiom you're gonna use. Um, I I come from a police family. You know, mm-hmm. grandfather is chief of police. Uncle was a cop. Fucking my great uncle on the other side was a de- detective in Philly. Uh, you hear all these stories. You just know shit. You're around people. You you know these stories. You grow up with them, and you hear how dirty they were, accepting graft and, uh, you know, just get like you know getting paid off and all this other shit. And they just laugh it off. They're just ha ha, you know. Yeah. Um. It, it's sad, man. It's scary, and it's in certain cases. In some cases, it's just like ah, eh, look, leave it alone. Yeah, leave it alone. Move on. And unfortunately, we'll never know because of shit like that. We'll never know for sure uh, the Thelma Todd stuff. Well, not until we open our podcast studio and detective well, agency. And then maybe if we do, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe somebody will come forward and they'll go, look, enough time has passed. All right. Mm-hmm. Detective Wells. Detective <laughs> Burke. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not detective. Maybe investigator. Maybe right. they'll call us investigator Burke. I like that better investigator wells um 
you know, maybe like, look, we didn't want to do this, but we're going to, we trust you. And, uh, you know, like my, my grandfather, my great grandfather was, uh, was a poli police officer during his time. Mm -hmm. And these are all the notes he took down. And then all of a sudden we have, we have more notes to, hmm. because you know, you know, shit is written down somewhere you about hope, this stuff. Yeah. No, you know, it is, you know, it is not, not, not even about hope. It's, it's past that. We know that there is, we know that somebody has more information about this. That's alive today. Again, children, grandchildren know this. So this is 1935, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 80-something years ago. You know that there are people that were just kids then that are around today that knew that know something, that, that have been told something. Yeah. So people have information about this, but they want to stay quiet too because they don't want to, maybe they don't want to look make their family look bad. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. And it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Okay, go ahead. And uh, so two years later, Club Trocadero may have been at the center of another suspicious Hollywood death. Yeah. And that's something we'll discuss right after this. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for Murder, My Dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-A-C-K-P-O-D on Instagram. Hey, Anthony here from Tornado Tag Podcast. We cover everything from WWE, NXT, AEW, and also cover the local scene with shows like Outbreak, PPW, and much more. Tune in every Friday for news, our take on local shows, and a weekly topic. Search IWEP Network. That's IWEP Network on YouTube or your favorite podcast or music app. We'll see you then. Until then, support local wrestling. Born Ernest Lee Nash, Ted Healy broke into the vaudeville circuit as a teenager. He was a minstrel performer, an impressionist, and a master of ceremonies. He had a lot of different jobs. Uh, obviously, vaudeville had a lot of different things involved with it. And he was pretty successful pretty early on. And he even found love on the vaudeville circuit. He worked with a woman named Betty Brown, who he would later marry. But he's perhaps best known for his work with uh, two of his childhood friends, Moe and Shemp Howard, and you know, some other people that were... were was he uh, childhood friends with them? I believe he was friends at a younger age with, uh, with at least Moe. I don't know about Shemp. Okay. And Moe Howard actually got a, one of his big show business starts as a stooge in Ted Healy's act. But when, and actually, he had answered a... He had answered a a thing looking for acrobats, but he wasn't an acrobat, so he just made him a stooge, which... And when we say stooge, like, somebody that's coming out of the crowd and right. is, you know, playing dumb, and he actually... It would wind up with, like, Ted Healy getting pantsed, usually. So, from what I know, is that he, um... He found, uh, Larry Fine, um... That was a little later on, that 1928. He would find Larry Fine. Right, but he... This is when... Well, when does he start working with uh, Mo? I, th I think a few years before that. You sure? I'm not sure, but I believe so. Because I, 
Okay, I was under the impression he started working with Larry first. Oh, okay. Maybe he did. Maybe that was something where they worked together and then they didn't yeah, for a little bit. He was uh from what I know, he was at the um at the uh Chicago's Rainbow Gardens where Larry Fine was uh master of ceremonies. Okay. Um he would do that Russian dance thing. Okay. And uh he would play violin. Uh do you know how he, he why he played violin? No. Uh when he was a kid, he uh went to drink something and apparently it was like had this like acid in there and i guess like his dad had a label wrong or whatever it was and uh his dad noticed he went to drink it and and basically was like no don't do that you piece of shit and uh he didn't say that but uh i feel like like i'm doing like drunk history you know (laughs) and uh and he smacked it out of his hand this really happened Mm -hmm. and the acid like splashed on larry's arm and it gave him like third degree burns oh wow and he had to get like they they wanted to get it uh, they wanted to amputate it one doctor wanted to amputate it but then he got a second opinion and they were like no we could do skin grafts on him and which they did and they did the skin grafts uh but they they recommended he played violin to like tighten up the muscles and everything oh wow that's interesting and so excuse me and so he uh starts playing violin to strengthen the arm Mm -hmm. and he just got pretty good at it and he put it in his act and he comes from a jewish russian family from philadelphia yeah by the way that i did know uh i believe i believe he was born around third and south okay um i know there's there's a street Street. yeah there's a there's a restaurant there but uh yeah he was he's from philadelphia did he ever take a walk to Zipperhead? I don't think Zipperhead was around. Probably not. No, Probably I, got, not. I got my ear pierced at Zipperhead when I was like seven. Did you meet a girl there and she almost knocked you down? Actually, I did. I met a girl at second in, in South. Uh, was she a punk rock girl? Mm, she was into like, like, uh, no, not punk rock, but like, yeah, so like alternative stuff. Okay. Yeah. She took my virginity, like my virginity, like, how do I say this? She was the first girl to take my virginity. Right. <laughs> uh, let's say it that way. Because I am part of the gay community. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so Larry Fine is Master of Ceremonies at Chicago's Rainbow Gardens. And um, yeah, actually, Ted Healy was friends with Shemp. And, okay. And he, uh, I mean, he, he may have been uh, friends with, with Mo too, but he's there with Shemp and they see the act. And they, um, uh, for whatever reason, Shemp, is doing stuff with with Ted, I guess, and he goes out. He goes out of town. He goes out for whatever reason. He goes mm-hmm. away on business, and uh, Ted has Larry replace Shemp. Oh, okay, and so and then when you said the Stooges, yeah, what they would do is they they would have like these guys would accidentally interrupt Ted Healy's routine. Right, they'd be these like bumbling guys that would come in, and and that was part of the thing. And they had uh they had multiple names uh ted healy and his southern gentleman southern gentleman ted healy and his racketeers racketeers uh, and his stooges his yeah. three stooges yeah and uh so yeah that, that's how they really got their break and and kind of started working with larry fine the howard brothers yeah well uh also by the way um when when uh larry starts working with him mm-hmm. mo by the way is already retired Oh, he, wow. he retires out of the business. He retires in about 1925 or so. Okay. Uh, because he wants to get into real estate. Okay. I guess he just feels like uh, show business isn't for me. And um, so he goes out. Uh, Shemp is doing stuff, but he goes out and it goes away. 
and uh, Larry's there, and then you bring in two other guys. They bring in Bobby Pincus and Sam Moody Braun, who I guess are doing stuff mm-hmm. with it, but then that doesn't really work out too well. Right. But uh, I guess Larry just stays. Right, and Mo kind of comes back, obviously. Right. And yeah. Shemp um, is around. Yeah, 1932, Curly joins. Yeah, after Shemp, uh, Shemp stepped away. But before Again, that, again, multiple times. Yeah, it's a revolving door. It's... Yeah. It, it's there's there's a lot of moving parts there, and, and one thing that we we do kind of know is that Ted Healy was less than an ideal boss. He was short tempered, yeah, uh, especially short tempered when he was drinking, and that was bad because he was always drinking. Right. They said so, when he when he was sober, he was a fucking saint. Yeah, yeah, very nice guy. When he, when he was sober, but when he was drunk, he was an asshole. Yeah, and very short tempered, very violent. Um, so yeah, it was not not a great not a great uh. Not a great situation. And what made the, the situation even worse was in the early 1930s, the group appeared in their first feature film, which was Fox's Soup to Nuts. And so the Howards and Larry Fine were all in the movie with Ted Healy, with a few other people that were a part of this troupe. And the, the, the movie wasn't that well received. The people loved uh, Mo Shemp and, and Larry Fine. And Fox went to offer them a contract, just those three, not Ted Healy, not anybody else. And Healy said, no, they're my employees, and turned it down on their behalf. And the Stooges kind of broke off from Healy when they found out about that. And there were some messy parts of the breakup. Uh, allegedly, there were parts where Ted Healy would threaten to bomb theaters that would book the, book the group, which was now called Howard Fine and Howard Three Lost Souls. Shemp, uh, uh, Shemp apparently had a thing where he wanted extra money because he was worried for his safety and he was about to quit. He was ready to quit. And and, and things got a little bit more warm between the two toward the end of the, the whole thing. They they kind of parted a little more amicably than, than it seemed at the time. Again, yeah, probably uh, d- Healy was drunk and pissed and then he would get like sober. And- yeah, because people said that like uh, Shemp didn't like Healy. Right. I guess like he liked him, didn't like him. They had like a, they had a love-hate relationship. Right. And, and and then the the business relationship between them and, and the uh, the on screen relationship between them finally ends for good in 1934 when Fine and the Howards went to work with Paramount and Healy stayed on with MGM and he had a good a very successful career on his own as it was I mean he's not as well known now obviously as the Three Stooges if anything Ted Healy is known as the guy who kind of started the Three Stooges right but he 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 had a successful career did you did you know about Ted Healy growing up. Not really. Yeah, I did just because I didn't. I wasn't as plugged into old Hollywood as you were. Like I knew about the Three Stooges. Yeah, but I didn't really know about like a lot of older. Like I think I knew the Three Stooges. I knew the Little Rascals, and that was about it's, it. It's it's weird because I knew obviously Laurel and Hardy, Three Stooges, Little Rascals, Dead End Kids, which were you know Dead End Kids, you Psych Kids, um, all that shit. Um, but but I knew of like some others, like like I knew who Hal Roach was. Right. And then I knew the Stooges, but I knew who Ted Healy was Mm -hmm. because I would just hear all like, because my dad knew stuff and my dad would tell me stuff. And then I would read shit about it as, as a kid, I would read stuff like I would like with WC fields. My grandpa had books on WC fields. Right. So I look into stuff and I just, I would read certain things about it. And it's always been interesting to me always. So yeah, I guess I was a little bit more plugged into this stuff for somebody that's 40 years old. I, you know, Right, it's crazy, and it's good because it was even kind of funny that you're. I mean, because I guess things lasted in reruns and stuff. Because your dad wasn't around in the 30s. Your dad's like was born in the late 40s. My dad was born in 48. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Right, yeah. But I mean, he, the Three Stooges were still on TV when I was a kid. Right, so. and, and, they, and that's the thing is yeah. because they were they were on when he was a kid. And like when he was a kid, they were still going to Saturday like matinees and shit. Yeah. And they were still playing Stooges stuff in the theaters. Well, I guess because they were still making movies. My dad's born in 48. Yeah. Uh, who dies first? Well, Shemp died first. We'll get right. to it. Yeah, Shemp dies. Well, we don't go, I don't, we're not going to get into like the Stooges dying. Okay, well, Shemp dies first. And then I think in like maybe 50, Curly had the, 50 or 52. Yeah, Curly had the stroke and then Shemp came back. <clears throat> yeah, they were going to bring him back. He actually appears in two pictures with him. Pictures. Uh, <laughs> there's one where he has hair, and then there's another one where he's like he's like this butcher, and he's got this like big like almost like handlebar like lo- like uh, Mario type like yeah. you know mustache. It's me, a curly, and uh, he's he's like the chef or something like that, or like a butcher. And apparently they were going to put him in more, but he just his his health wasn't that great. Um, and then he died in like 55. So, I mean. My dad's seven when he dies. Yeah. Shemp's already dead, which is fucking nuts that they both mm-hmm. die pretty early. Yeah. And then Mo doesn't die until the 70s. Larry dies in the 70s. I think Larry died in 75. Mo died mm, probably like 76, 77, something. Around the same time Groucho died because Groucho died in 77. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess my dad knew about all this stuff just from it being around, you know, being in on TV and in the theaters and stuff. So and then he was probably told shit and he was really big into the Stooges. Right. So that's I don't know, just his he was so interested in that. And then I got interested in it. But the Stooges are kind of background players in our story today. Right. This is really yeah. about Ted Healy. It's about Ted Healy. Yeah. Uh, and in 1932, Healy and his first wife, Betty, divorced with Betty actually filing a lawsuit against Mary Brown Warburton. Uh, Mary Brown Warburton was a wealthy, married socialite. Her her birth name was Mary Brown Wanamaker. She was the daughter of merchant and former postmaster general John Wanamaker. Right. And uh, she was sued. Betty sued her for, quote, alienation of her husband's affections. Now, that's our John Wanamaker. Yes, that is John Wanamaker. They started John Wanamaker in Philly. I wonder if this is ever brought up with Larry Fine. Maybe if you yeah. ever talked about this, because John Wanamaker, so if you're not familiar, John Wanamaker, there was a, a, a store, department store, one of the first department stores uh, called Wanamaker's. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the one that I, I went to as a kid. It's now like a, a Macy's or a Sears or something like that. Yeah. Wanamaker's was a huge department store that started in Philly. Yeah. Uh, I believe they invented the money back guarantee. I don't know if that was sure. them or if that was uh, Strawbridge's. I think it was Wanamaker's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, it's there's there's so much history there. I actually have a Wanamaker's hat box downstairs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was that was like that was a. They big, were the ones with the eagle, right? The, the big, big eagle. Yeah. Meet me, 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 the eagle. Yeah. Uh, it was like this big bronze eagle. Um. In the what do you call it? The, like the atrium. The atrium. And uh, in their toy department, like their toy floor whatever floor it was let's just say the sixth floor uh i don't because i don't remember which one it was they had a a thing that went around like a what what are they called like um like a monorail oh wow yeah there was like a, a, a monorail that you get in and drive as, as a matter of fact it's at the police touch museum now oh yeah i remember it as a kid i remember riding it as a fucking i don't think but, i ever went to wanamakers oh dude it was it was fantastic and then they would have the light show i think they still have it actually every christmas mm-hmm. they had because they had the big organ and they have this giant like light show and then they have like a different like celebrity like every few years 
it would be a new celebrity that would uh, narrate the uh, whatever story is, you know, that was being. It was the night before Christmas sure. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so, yeah, so that's the same Wanamaker. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, very, very. I uh, didn't know this. Yeah, Mary Brown Warburton was actually very influential in uh, in politics in Pennsylvania, too. Uh, but yeah, in 1936, Healy married again, not to Mary Brown Warburton slash Wanamaker, because uh, her name wasn't Betty, and he only liked Betty's. Uh, he married Betty Hickman, a UCLA student, to whom Healy proposed the moment they met. And here we go. Not here long after go. that, not long after that, uh, Betty is in a family way. Betty uh, was with child. And so Ted Healy found himself at, here we go again, Club Trocadero. On December 19th, 1937. So now this is two years later and a few days. Two years, like five days after Thelma Todd. As was typical, Healy was drinking. Yeah. Uh, but this time he was drinking to celebrate the birth of his son, who was born on December 17th, 1937. Also drinking that night, allegedly, at Club Trocadero was actor Wallace Beery, MGM's highest paid star. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those guys where if you get paid something, he's got to be paid like a he dollar. He had a rule that yeah. he would, be, in fact, in the early 30s, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood, probably. He had a clause in his contract that any anything, any contract anybody else signed with MGM, he would be paid at least a dollar more than them. And so according, and a lot of the story and the the, uh, the mythology behind this comes from a book written by E.J. Fleming. It was called The Fixers. Eddie Mannix, who brought up his name earlier, Howard Strickling, and the MGM publicity machine. And according to that book, uh, Wallace Beery and Ted Healy exchanged words. Beery sucker punched Healy, and Healy asked uh, Wallace Beery to step outside, and we'll finish the fight outside. Um, I've heard multiple stories. Again, this is one of these things. Yes, this I've heard is multiple one stories. I like heard, this. I heard that there was a a little bit of a fight, a little bit of a scuffle. Guys, you know fight each other and then they they fucking shake hands they're like all right look mm -hmm. let's let bygones be bygones and they uh they go back to their fucking nights right and then then there's the other story right there's more of a follow-up right there's no shaking of hands right and that, that that's the story that's in the book the fixers and, and in fleming's account when first first Wallace Beery goes to step outside and then Ted Healy comes out after them. And in Fleming's account, two people at the club with Beery were there to help him with the fight outside. Uh, here's a name we heard before, Pat DeChico. Yep. Pat DeChico was there and uh, allegedly his cousin, Albert Cubby Broccoli, who was a little bit younger. He was around 29 at this time. He is now most famous for being the producer of the James Bond films. And what's funny is that we're talking about that. And who wrote the book on the fixers? E.J. Fleming. Fleming. And who created Bond? Ian Fleming. <laughs> I funny. don't know if they're related. They're not related, yeah. but I'm just saying, what a fucking weird coincidence. Also, so not only do you have Chocadero in December in the 30s, mm -hmm. but you also have Pat, Pat Chico. Chico. And you have his cousin, Albert Broccoli, and they're both, again, allegedly tied to Lucky Luciano, both of them. Right. And according to the fixers, Broccoli grabbed Healy when he went outside and did Chico and Beery beat the hell out of him. That's that's the account in that book. Another version was told to Mo Howard by Ted Healy's friend Henry Taylor, who was around there. Uh, and that was that three, quote, college fellows attacked Healy. Wyatt Lamont, no matter what happened here, Wyatt Lamont, Healy's personal physician, examined him the morning of the 21st after Healy 
reported suffering from convulsions. So he didn't die until a few days later. Yeah, he uh, he he's sent to. From, from what I heard, he he wound up at a he wound up at a hotel at a hotel. But I heard that he went to another place too. Mm-hmm. And he goes to a hotel. He gets stitched up or whatever it is. And he. I guess, yeah, he has these convulsions a few days later. A few days later, because he didn't go to the hospital and get, like, formally treated for whatever reason. But, yeah, he's being examined on the morning of the 21st after reporting his convulsions. Uh, and then Wyatt Lamont, Healy's doctor, brings in John Ruddick, who was a cardiologist. Right. But at this point, it was too late to uh, to save Ted Healy. He did pass away. Early reports attributed the death to a heart attack. Yep. But the official cause of death was noted as acute toxic nephritis secondary to acute and chronic alcoholism. Yeah. So it seemed like that whoever put this out just wanted to make it look like uh, he was just a drunk. Yeah, he drank himself to death. Yeah, he was just a fucking... And people knew he was a drunk. He had a reputation right. and, for and it. And so yeah. when you when you do have that reputation, then you put, a, put that out, they're like, nah, they'll just mm-hmm. buy it. Yeah. They'll just buy it. Put out that he was he fucking died of alcoholism. Oh, okay. And uh, but other there are other stories too. I mean, if you look at pictures of Ted Healy, he was obviously beaten up. Like there was a big bump on his face. Like he, he looked bump like on his he, face, big giant gaping hole in his face. <laughs> it, 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 it looked like he was really worked over. Yeah, he it looked like he got fucked up. There's yeah. yeah you you look. There's better pictures of him. I've seen pictures of of uh, Thelma Todd. Mm-hmm. I've uh, in the car. I've yeah. seen pictures of her in the casket. I've seen pictures of her, uh, her autopsy pictures. Right. Pictures. Mm-hmm. I saw one of her face and I saw another one that was like the nude body. Mm-hmm. Um, like the complete thing. Now, I don't know if that one's real, but I've seen multiple ones. I didn't see an autopsy. Uh, 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 I only saw one autopsy picture of him. Right. And he looked he, he very bad. He fucking worked over, dude. Yeah. He was worked on. And some people believe uh, that his death was caused by a concussion. Uh, he did have visible bumps and bruises, severely bumped and bruised at the time of his death. Yeah. But whether that caused his demise is at the center of the debate there. Was it that? Was it the nephritis? Was it the heart attack? And some people um, are kind of wondering if that even happened at all. It was a busy night at the Trocadero. And while Broccoli himself, Albert Broccoli, admitted to having an altercation, he said it was minor and it was started by a drunk Ted Healy. That's who it was, by the way. Albert Broccoli? The one that I that yeah. I heard, uh, not, not, Beery. not Beery. Broccoli, yeah. the one, yeah, the one that was like, they had a little scuffle, Yeah, uh, they shook hands, and then... I, I heard things like Ted Healy came in drunk and they refused to serve him, he got kicked out but he wanted to come back. There are a lot of different things you hear. Right. Uh, Broccoli later changed this story and said that that uh, Ted Healy went after him and like gave him an, a, a quick jab and an uppercut, but he said he just shoved him. And uh, after Healy had punched him, the story in the fixers have given uh, and, and has given the story new life. That kind of brought it back to light. Uh, MGM and Eddie Mannix would have a hard go of it. Some people say, like people who think that nothing really that bad happened. Uh, if if the Trocadero was very busy, it would be hard to buy everyone off. Yeah. But this is something that Eddie Mannix was pretty damn good at. First of all, all right, let's stop. Mm-hmm. There are always, always going to be, there's always going to be something that happens, right? right. And you're never going to get the same fucking story by everybody. Right. One when of the River people F- that has kind of been uh, at the theory that nothing really that big happened is a guy who's also spoken out against the uh, Black Dolly Avenger thing. And that guy who says his dad did it, Hodel. 
he's like he's tried to pick apart his story and also the uh, story about uh, there been a big cover of about Ted Healy. Yeah, um, like I'm sure there's going to be conflicting reports about how River Phoenix died outside the Viper Room. Right. Uh, no, not everybody that's inside is paying attention to what happens outside. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure not everybody was running out. Guys, there's a fight. Yeah, or running in saying, "Guys, there's a fight," because I'm sure the shit like this happened all the time. Yeah, you know. And um, and again, Eddie Mannix and his crew was very good at kind of sweeping this shit under the rug. Because look at the way, here's how I say it: it was either Beery, Broccoli, and DeChico did it, mm-hmm. or these three college fellas did it. Right? Yeah. Either way, you have six people that supposedly did it. Right. Somebody inside would know. Yeah. So if they're talking about the Trocadero, like was bustling, and uh, you know, they would have to buy people off. Well, everybody would then would know what the fuck happened for sure, right? right. By, by this, by by this logic, mm-hmm. or not everybody fucking knew what happened because that's that, true. nobody, not everybody, ran out to see what was happening. Yeah, that's, so that's true. Yeah. So so it is plausible that Eddie, uh, not Eddie Maddox, um, Beery and the other two, uh, Broccoli did, and DeChico. Yeah, Broccoli and DeChico did it. Or the three college Or the three fellas. guys. But either way, like I said. And obviously it looked like somebody did a number on Ted yeah, Healy. He, he was fucked. He was beaten up by yeah. somebody, but not nobody inside knows what the fuck, you know, happened for sure. And that's the problem. So nobody needed to be yeah, the, the only way the drinking caused that beating. And who said this? Who, if, who, who? Uh, the guy who kind of has been championing that, that idea is Larry Harnish. He works for the Daily Mirror. Oh, okay. He also refuted the commonly repeated story from the Fixers, which was that Eddie Mannix put uh, Wallace Beery and his family on a boat to Europe for three months. Right. After, uh, sure. Afterward to and, avoid and, and maybe that me. didn't happen. But hey, Larry, uh, come on, dude. <laughs> you didn't need to buy. I, I just I just fucking poked holes in your theory. And, and, and Be- I'm an idiot. <laughs> Isolate that. Um, the Beeries did visit Europe in March of 1938, not December of 1937. Uh, Beery was filming a, a movie called Port of Seven Seas in December of 38 or 37. And he was also part of a live radio show on the 30th. Many people also saw Beery's wife at a lunch in that January as well. But again, that doesn't mean that, that it weren't involved. And of course, it's another thing, just like Thelma Todd, where you'll never really know for sure, but it certainly seems like somebody did something. There may have been a cover-up. Uh, the well, sad it's end. sad. It's really sad, man. And, and what was even sadder was Healy's wife, Betty. Uh, even though Healy made a lot of money throughout his career, he was a gigantic spender, and he left his widow and newborn son in debt. I've heard, I've heard that. I've heard that uh, he left him in debt. I've heard that he didn't. Again, mm-hmm. you know, Unless Betty came forward and was like, nope, we're in fucking debt. But to kind of make it a little bit of a happier ending than that, uh, sort of. That son, uh, he was born John Jacob Nash on December 17th. Not Jigleheimer Schmidt? No. Okay. His name was my name, too. Hmm. Uh, He did later change his name legally, though, to Theodore John Healy in honor of his late father. And he uh, he did recently pass away. Well, not recently. Passed away about eight years ago. Oh wow! From liver failure at the age of seventy three. Wow! I, I didn't even realize that he would have. Seventy uh, three is pretty pretty young. Yeah. He, so he died a year before my dad, mm-hmm. and he was just a few years older than my dad. Yeah. And uh, he was a well, ten, like ten years, I guess. Yeah, ten years old. Oh no, eleven. He was born in because thirty seven. Uh, thirty seven. So yeah, eleven years older than my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran. Um, and he settled in Atlanta, Georgia. He had met his wife on a blind date while he was stationed in Georgia. I think he was in the Navy. And he was a a uh, certified financial planner and later a math teacher. He started his own financial planning business. And then he just became a math teacher later because he liked doing it. He He would even teach classes at juvenile detention centers as a volunteer to help out struggling children because he knew what it was like to grow up without a father. So he he tried to help out as much as he could. Right. And, um, yeah, he did pass away about eight years ago, but had a great life from all accounts. He had a, a couple of kids, grandkids, a family. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, uh, and, and it's like your, your dad is responsible for the three stooges, the biggest, yeah. if not the biggest comedy group, uh, ever, if, if not yeah. one, if not one of the biggest comedy yeah. groups is what I was trying to say. And he, and he did take a lot of pride in his dad's work and everything. And he, he, he never really wanted money from it. Do you think they're the biggest, they have to be the biggest comedy group of all time, right? They're up there. Yeah. Them, like who else would, would there be Abbott and Costello? Well, I mean, you have like Abbott Laurel Costello, and Laurel and Hardy. Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Laurel and Hardy, Abbott yeah. Costello, Marx Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but no, three stooges have to be the the biggest. They probably are. Yeah. yeah, they have to be the biggest one because they they were like not for anything. But as a kid, I only knew about the Dead End Kids and all that stuff, and Alfalfa and all that stuff because my dad was really into it. But man, the Three Stooges were still on every weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so prolific. Yeah, most kids grew up with the Three Stooges like back then in the eighties. Mm-hmm. They know. I'm sure there's a lot of kids in the '80s that have that have never heard of the Dead End Kids. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, uh, and a little 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 known fact. Uh, so we our our thing is Project Humanoid. That's something we've been going. How long have we been using Project Humanoid? For? Oh, the name for a long time. Uh, about like 15, 20 years almost. Okay, so fifty about twenty years ago, twenty one years ago, mm-hmm. we started using the name Dead End Productions. Mm-hmm. And that was from the Dead End Kids. I was a big Dead End Kids fan. Like, as somebody that's 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know who the, you know, the, and they were like, I just, I loved it, man. I love that stuff. Yeah. I, I've always loved old comedy. I actually rank the Stooges kind of like lower on my. Because it's more physical comedy. I think you're more into like wordplay and things like a- that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm more into cerebral uh, stuff. I, you know, th- there, there were. And by the way, when I was talking comedy, I was talking comedy groups, not people like Chaplin, because Chaplin's yeah. probably the greatest. Buster Keaton. Yeah, Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, people like that. Roscoe. Um, I'm talking comedy groups. Sandler. <laughs> okay. See, his new movie's going to be like, I think it's like Hubie Halloween. Yes, I actually want to see that. Well, he said, and he didn't win it, he said if he if he didn't win an Oscar for that movie Uncut Gems, he's going to try to make the worst movie possible after that. Really? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the worst, but... Yeah, I actually want to see it with he's, the kids. Uh, he's reunited with Julie Bowen. Okay. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Modern Family. I liked him and in Mur- Happy Gilmore. I like Murder Mystery, man. It was, it was good. I thought Murder Mystery was fun. I thought I did, it was, I thought I, it was really fun. That was the first fun. Sandler movie I've watched in a long time, though. I think the last Sandler movie I watched before that was probably like Mr. Deeds or something. Well, he... I, I, didn't, see, I didn't see Uncut Gems, but he's in there with uh, Eric Bogosian. Who, I did watch a little bit of Uncut Gems. I didn't watch the whole and thing. Bogosian plays like the bad guy. He's, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, he's the and Bogosian, by the way, mm-hmm. played in a number of movies, obviously. Uh, but he did a movie in 1988 or 89 called uh, Talk Radio. Very good movie. And Talk Radio 
is a fucking excellent. I just watched it the other night. Okay. I was looking for something. So I'm a big fan of 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 radio station anything. Okay. Do you remember Pump Up the Volume? I do. I love Pump Up the Volume. Me dude. Happy it, Harry Hart on. One of my fucking favorites growing up. I love that and I like gleaming the cube and all that stuff. Um but Pump Up the Volume has stuck with me like yeah, it's it's been one of my favorites. They made a kid-friendly version of that. Did they? For like Disney Channel called Radio Rebel. Oh wow. Yeah, it's one of those like a, a teenager takes over the airwaves and yeah, and this in this movie he, her name's Radio Rebel. Okay. And uh so, you know, if you read the comments you're like, "Oh, this is so fucking corny." It's like, dude, not everything needs to be dirty. Right. You know what I mean? Like not everything needs to be that. Yeah. Like this. Why would you expect a Disney movie to be anything but a Disney movie? No, totally. Um, but I I like those. I like those movies. I like those that 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 type of thing. And I want more. You know. Mm-hmm. I, and there's a movie called Pirate Radio, whatever. And I and that's what I was looking for. There's obviously private parts. There was one called FM. There was a TV, sh- a couple different TV sh- uh, series called FM. I mean, the, the one I first thought of was WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah, up. there's that. There, there was one with James Avery actually uh, came out in like 89. It was called FM. It's like James Avery and a few different people. There's a movie you brought up earlier. Speaking of Adam Sandler, Airheads. Airheads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we were, I was just watching uh, Scooby-Doo uh, with the kids earlier. And uh, Steve Buscemi is in it. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. And the whole episode is just about like. He's over in Sicily. And I was going to work something in with uh, Brendan Fraser, and we got them all. No. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> is there anything with Coneheads? Was he in Coneheads? No, he wasn't in Coneheads. No. Was he? No, I don't think so. Eh, fuck it. Who gives a shit? Farley was in Coneheads. I don't know. Sandler might have had like a small role. But um, yeah, probably, right? You would think. I mean, but Farley anyway. was like the young interest for the teenage Conehead girl. But anyway, who's the other guy that I just mentioned with the guy with the eyes and the teeth? Steve Buscemi? No, no, no. So you're saying his name wrong. Buscemi? Buscemi. Okay. Buscemi. And he, he goes throughout the whole episode. He's like, it's it's Buscemi, but it's, you know. Yeah. And he just keeps correcting people. But anyway, so I finally find a movie, and it looked fucking great. And I, I, I see the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, dude, I want to see this. And it's talk radio mm-hmm. with Eric Bogosian. Yeah, I saw this years ago. I saw this probably about 10 years ago, a little more, maybe a little more than that. I didn't even know about it, mm-hmm. to be honest. And... I watch it. Apparently, there's a play version too. There's like a stage. Oh, version. okay. And I watch. I well, at first I watched the trailer. I was like, I gotta fucking see this. And then I see that it's available, and it was on like Peacock or something. Mm-hmm. And so I watch it. And I it was really late at night, and I was like, fuck, I gotta go to sleep. So I stopped it, and I woke up, and I was like, first thing I fucking do is I'm watching this goddamn movie, like finishing this movie, and I only had like ten minutes left, and I I didn't know that because I was so tired. But anyway. What a fantastic movie. And anyway, it's loosely based off of the life of a real uh, DJ that got murdered in 1984 named Alan Berg. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but that's what we're going to do next week. Yeah, but we're we're not quite done with this week. You forgot a little bit, a little something. Uh, no, 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 no. It's I, I got I to no, go. No, no, no. You don't have to do anything. Let, let's go. Let's do this. It's time for another game of who? Died the worst.
That's right, everybody. It's Who Died the Worst, everyone's favorite game. It's not Who Died the Funniest. It's not Who Died the First. The name of the game is Who Died the Worst. Number two. It could be. And if you haven't heard... Well, you're right. It could be. It also could be one or three. We say this every week now. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they said, uh, I'm 39. I'm going to be 40. And I said, I I know. That's what comes directly after 39. (laughs) Either that or you die. Right. I, I'm I'm 39. I'm not going to make it to 40. That'd be a little morbid. Just right. like this segment. Uh, this is where I give you three deaths, and you're going to tell me which of these three died the worst. I told you number two. We're doing a little bit of a hodgepodge this week, where we're just kind of getting... These are actually some recent deaths. These have all happened within the last couple of weeks here. And just uh, stories I picked out, kind of... I've taken the bookmarking stories. Like, I, I, I look... Uh, I'm, I'm on the computer a lot, and I'll... I'll be going through news things, Facebook, other news sites, things like that. And if I see something now that's like, hey, that would work for this week in murder or who died the worst, I just do a little bookmark on it. So death number one takes us to the Sunshine State, Florida. And they have a lot of uh, amusement parks in Florida. It's a big thing down there. Bush Gardens is down there and you know, Disney, obviously. So you have a lot of different uh, attractions like that. And one of them is called Icon Park. It's in Orlando. And that's home to... It's the Roddy Piper Park. I cower over nothing. Uh, So it was home to what is purported to be the largest spinning swing ride. You know the ones where it's like a big cylinder and like all the seats go around and you're like in these chairs where your feet are dangling and just shoots up and spins around? Yeah, of Uh, course. This one in this Icon Park in Florida is 450 feet tall. No. Yes, it is. Nope. It is uh, purportedly the largest spinning swing ride I, in the world. I hated those. You're talking about the chain ones, right? No, I think it's a chain one. I think it's like a big cylinder, and then it basically you go up, uh-huh. and then it like spins around, and you kind of come out a little bit. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the the ones. It's like you sit in this like chain. Like like the zipper or something. No, like that? it's it's like it's like this old fucking old old one. Like this old that you sit in this little fucking chair. This is for like seven year olds, but it like goes up pretty fucking far. And it's like with these chains and you go spinning around. I think somebody like went flying off of it once. Oh wow! Of course, because everybody dies on every fucking ride. <laughs> I spent last night about two hours before bed watching uh like um water rides that just shouldn't be open. Oh. And so you watch Class Action Park? No, actually, oh. I I didn't, and I should, but I knew about it already because I, you know, yeah, when it was right Wonder, by there, yeah. Wonder, what was it, Wonder Park or whatever the fuck? Yeah, I lived right by, it, so I knew a lot about it already. But no, that this thing they had this one ride where it was so steep that like you look at it, it looked like it just dropped straight down. Yeah, and apparently people fell off of it. Oh, jeez! And because it was like if you didn't go down it the right way, mm-hmm. you could just fall off, and they did, and some people fell off and died, and jeez. they were like, "Oh, we got to close that ride down." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so this isn't a, a rider accident. This is a this is going to be a man, Jacob David Kaminsky, twenty one years old. He was a uh, maintenance worker at the at the shop, and he was uh, per- performing a routine safety check on the ride. Uh, he had climbed up about 50, 60 feet on, onto the ride, and he fell. Okay. And uh, somebody, another worker, was actually about 10 or 20 feet above him, noticed him falling, 
and called 911 while they, they were still on the phone. And then they yelled out, do the rowboat! I wish they would. Nobody ever thinks to do the rowboat while they're falling to their death. Yeah. Selfish. Selfish to blow that opportunity. Uh, so he, he, uh, he's on the phone with 911. Uh, he fell a little ways, the worker told the dispatcher. There's quite a lot of blood down there. He's not moving right now. He was moving a minute ago. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Jacob David Kaminsky did die of his injuries. So death number one is you're working uh, on routine maintenance on a, a ride and you plummet 50 to 60 feet to your death. Yeah. Well, you know, not for anything, but wear a fucking some kind of harness and like you would think, yeah, like lock, like have have like they should have hooks on these things. Yeah. So you hook Almost yourself. Like you're a mountain climber. Yeah. yeah. Like you hook you hook the thing in and that way if you fall, you're fucking. Yeah. You're just dangling. So yeah. that's death number one. Okay. Death number two, which you said is our winner. Uh, yeah, that's what I. Um, yeah, I, it, could, I could be wrong. I have the right to. Yeah, that's true. Change this. That we're going a little bit uh, very close to to Georgia or uh, Florida. We're going to Alabama. Georgia's kind of in the middle. Okay. And uh, this is a geography lesson. This is a 52 year old man named Eric Van Tyree that passed away in Morris, Alabama, near Birmingham. And around 4:36 in the afternoon uh, last Wednesday. He was out working in his yard when a 72-year-old neighbor came by uh, in a golf cart. I guess the guy had mobility issues. So he drives over in a golf cart to uh, to visit with, with Eric and to speak with him a little bit. And when the driver went to leave, he didn't realize that the golf cart was in reverse. And he accidentally bo- uh, backed up over Eric Van Tyree. <laughs> And after he backed up over him, the golf cart overturned, and Tyree became trapped underneath. And once freed, he was taken to the University of Alabama Birmingham Hospital, but he died of his injuries the next afternoon. So death number two is your uh, elderly neighbor comes over in a golf cart, uh, just shoots the breeze with you a little bit. But they put they, they had uh, forgotten that they put the card in reverse and they back up over you. Yeah. And then you die from uh, being crushed by a golf cart. Yeah. There's a, there's a golf joke. I'm not a big golf guy, so I can't make it. But you said shoots the breeze and there's another golf fucking. You know that there's like a thousand golf jokes. there. Yeah, this joke is not up to par for me. Yeah. Man, thank you. OK, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, death number three. Uh, death number three is Carrie O'Connor. Uh, Carrie O'Connor was a lecturer at Boston University. She was uh, part of the arts department. She was a French lecturer. And it sounds like she'd be an Irish lecturer. Ah, Lec- yeah. Lectioner? Lecturer. Yeah. Hannibal Lecture. Apparently, she was very big on travel. She was a uh, an avid world traveler. She liked to, uh, to, to visit new places a lot, and she liked France quite a I bit. I see London. I see France. Uh, you're not going to see Carrie because she's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, she, she had just moved into an apartment in the Austin section of Boston, Massachusetts. She was moving and Austin's a, in Texas, dude. Told you uh, you weren't very good with geography. I'm not. I'm, I'm awful. So this, this building was an older building, had a very old elevator. One of the ones where you had to pull the door kind of shut Yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, she died in an elevator accident. Apparently, and it was kind of hard to piece together what happened here. She had a very heavy box that she put on the elevator, and I guess that might have triggered a sensor. Yeah, listen, do not vagina shame, okay? No, like an actual box full of items. Oh, okay. Uh, and she she puts the box on the elevator, and then she's stepping on afterward, and I guess it's triggered some kind of sensor in the elevator 
where the door swung shut and trapped her, and then it started to plummet down, so she was crushed. Uh, the cause of death was officially labeled as traumatic asphyxia, which usually means your chest was compressed so much that you couldn't breathe. And uh, to quote a neighbor that uh, was uh, on the first floor at the time, it was horrifying. It wasn't a cry. I can't even describe what it was. I went out in the hall because I genuinely thought someone was being murdered. Uh, she was dragging a box onto the elevator when it plunged to the first floor, according to reports. Yep. Uh, she was found inside, and they're reviewing video footage to see exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So death number one, just to recap, mm -hmm. is you're falling off a ride that you're doing maintenance on. Yep. Death 60, number, 60, 70 feet, something like 50, that. 50, yeah. 60 feet, yeah. Okay. Death number, and you don't even get to do the rowboat. Right. Death number two is uh, death by being crushed by a golf cart. Yeah. Uh, your old neighbor backs up over you accidentally and you get crushed by the golf cart. Right. Death number three is crushed by elevator. <laughs> okay. So I ask you, Jackson Wells, well, not crushed by elevator, you're like pinned in the elevator and you right. choke to death, basically, no, well, while letting out blood-curdling screams. I think you know yeah. what I would pick here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, Jackson Wells, who died the worst? Of course you would pick number one, because it's the worst, because he didn't get to do the rowboat. Uh, I, I considered that, but then the third one horrified me. Okay. So here's the thing. Number one's gone, okay. obviously. Like, dude, fucking, you know, like, you know what you're doing. You know the risks. I don't leave the ground. Here, My feet don't leave the ground. I, that's the problem. Yeah. You should, they probably should every once in a while. Huh. Um, All right, they're off the ground now. Uh, it's, I mean exercise, okay? Um, <sighs> Number one's gone. All okay. Right? Sorry, buddy. All right. Now we have... They're all gone. They all died. Now, now we have number two, who is an accidental golf cart incident. Yeah. Or a very well plotted out murder. Okay. Right. Uh, so I thought about it, and I considered that, and I was like, that's a really shitty way to go out. Yeah. Because It's bad because it's a fucking golf yeah, cart. Yeah, I'm being crushed by a golf cart. This is the yeah. end for me. That's really bad. Yeah. But then you hear number three. Yeah. Brian? Yes, number three. Number three, number I, three I agree. Is, a fucking winner. is the worst. If if anybody picked number one or number two, fuck you. Sorry. Have you ever had an elevator incident where you got scared, dude? Yes, every time I'm on an elevator. Okay. Literally, every time I've ever stepped on an elevator, I'm like, this fucking thing better yeah. not stop. Better not fuck. Because you ever do, you do that thing where you walk on and it just feels like it, like yes, like it feels like every time, every time. I hate it. I hate. I, no, on, I the elevator. Oh, at, right, I don't even talk about it anymore. I'm getting anxiety. I'm getting fucking. I'm I'm about to have a panic attack because I'm very claustrophobic. Okay. I I think about these things. You're not I, in an elevator right now. Listen, You're okay. it doesn't matter. I lay in bed and okay. I fucking watch these videos uh -huh. of all these fucking things, and I'm like, I don't ever want to put myself in a bad position like this. I don't want to be in a top like a tall building. Right. I don't want to go up. I don't want to be on any in the Empire State Building. Mm -hmm. I want to be somewhere fucking safe. But then I realize nothing's safe anymore. Yeah. Because then you start to like you look at little cute fucking things like, oh look, this dude's on a lazy river and then he gets hit hits by a fucking asteroid or something. <laughs> like I haven't seen that, but I'm just saying that I, I'm I'm afraid of lazy river asteroids now because okay. because I my that's where my fucking brain goes and right. I'm like I just want to enjoy life and I want it to be as comfortable as possible you know what I mean like I know what I want to do like I want to when it's like fall I want to be in a, in a fucking relationship and I want to I want to go apple picking and I want to do that you know all that stuff and go to a, I like going to malls and I like going to movies and I like going out to dinner and I like. You know, go to bookstores and stuff like that. But then I like the city. It all sounds like fun. I like the city, you know, like I like the city when it's around uh, Christmas time, you know, go to 
New York or Philly or wherever the mm-hmm. fuck. I like that stuff. Tulsa. You, no, uh, I, I like I like <laughs> you, Tulsa. I like all that stuff. I like the city. You know, it, there, there's something romantic about that, right? Uh-huh. And then in the summer, you just in my mind, I'm like, oh, I want to go on a fucking lazy river somewhere where there's going to be some kind of like tropical something, and then and then, and then like tropical storms and fucking mudslides and asteroids. Did you see they had a fire tornado in California? <laughs> Fuck 2020. Yeah. Fuck 2020. It's all bad. It's all bad. Nothing's good. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, fucking somebody's going to get hit by an asteroid in fucking Lazy River. Yeah, probably. That's uh, Lazy River asteroids. And when I when I saw that story though, I I thought of this elevator at a building where I worked in New Jersey, and we I, my my built my work was on the fifth floor of a five floor building, so we 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 were at the top floor. And wouldn't it be weird if it was the fifth floor of a four fucking floor? Yeah, bu- fifth floor of a four story building. That, that's a uh, dangerous elevator ride. Yeah, so. And there would be. Yeah, it was just an elevator. It just keeps going. Sometimes there'd be issues with the elevator. Like you would, yeah, you know, the elevator would open and it wouldn't be exactly level with the floor when you would come in. It would either be higher or lower. I remember one time I was coming down to the ground floor to leave, and it went down too far, and then the the doors didn't open. I thought it was trapped in there for a second. I literally like pried the doors open with my hands. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, I I guess it was opening anyway. I probably just like gave it a little bit of a. Uh, I, I, like a boost. I remember one time it was when I was getting on the fifth floor. I jumped. I, I, I didn't jump. I would I would never jump ever for any ever. reason. Yeah. Um. I stepped onto the elevator. I think it's part of your problem. <laughs> it could be. Um. I stepped on the elevator, and as I stepped on, it went down. Like not a lot. It went down maybe like half a foot, if that. But it it scared the shit out of me for like a split second. So yeah, elevate the elevator one was uh. Was and then, and then since then you've only taken stairs. No, I'll still use the elevator. Uh, but yeah, that's our show. Uh, we that was another old Hollywood thing. Like you said, we're going to be doing a uh, a little bit of a radio. Allen Berg. Uh, Al- Allen Berg. Allen Berg. Yeah, yeah. He he was the guy that shot Alexander Hamilton. No, 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 no. No, no, no this is the guy that gets shot. Oh, yeah. in a duel with Alexander Hamilton. Maybe we'll do a double one. Maybe we can find another uh, another oh. story too. We'll look into it, or maybe it'll just be Alan Berg, and we'll we'll do an extra good job. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and we will see. Oh wait, yeah, false start, false start. five yard penalty. Yeah, I, uh, I just threw a flag. Yeah. So if you enjoyed the show, yeah, um, there you go. Thank you. Please do. Uh, please do. If you enjoy the please show, do please enjoy do. the please show do. further. Yeah, uh, and tell other people to enjoy the show. Right. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Yeah, uh, particularly ones that are in, like telephone, telegraph. Right Tell a wrestler. Tell a wrestler. Um, oh, we didn't bring up wrestling this whole fucking. We did. Show. I, I brought we did? up. Uh, I brought up something about a name. By the way, wrestling. By the way, going back to Ted Healy. Uh huh. A name we we forgot to mention. Man Mountain Dean. Yeah, he he supposedly saw Ted Healy at the hotel. Right. When he was. Uh, or I, I thought I thought it was a Trocadero. No, I think it was at the hotel after he left the Trocadero. Oh, okay. Sure. He, he uh yeah he supposedly saw him come out of a cab. Was do you think that wrestler Man Mountain Rock got his name from Man Mountain Dean? Yeah, I think there were other Man Mountains too. Like any big person was there were Man Mountain, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. That that's gonna be my nickname if I'm ever a wrestler, Man Mountain Whatever. Man Mountain Burke. No, Man Mountain Whatever. Oh, Man Mountain Whatever? Yeah. Okay. I like it. But uh yeah, if you enjoy the show, uh whatever you used to listen to it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. I'm gonna be uh, uh Haystacks Calzone. I like it. Yeah, it's going to be like a like like an Italian like, Italian hillbilly hillbilly. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Hey, sex calzone and man mountain whatever. Yeah, coming to an indie fed near you in 2021. Right, like I'm kind of like I'm a little bit yeah like you're you're kind of like hippie ish. Yeah, 
you know you're like hippie yeah, you're like you're like, I, i'm me i'm a i'm a hillbilly italian like yeah. mobster guy i wear i wear overalls but a fedora yeah and then you are you're kind of also like hillbilly you're man mountain like you're you're in a yeah you're hillbilly but you're also a hippie yeah you i know? wear tie-dye overalls right yeah i like our tag team it's yeah pretty cool man it's it pretty is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And you're pretty cool. If you do leave us a good review wherever you're listening, or if you tell a friend about us, we would appreciate that. You can even visit our visit us on social media, uh, projecthumanoid.com as well. Our store is on projecthumanoid.com. You can buy some merchandise. Uh, you can join some discussion on uh, Facebook at Podcast My Dude. But if you look up Murder My Dude, you'll find us. We're at Murder My Dude on Instagram and Twitter as well. Yep. Um, and now I think I have gone through everything. Okay. So I can do it for real this time. Yep. We will see you next week with more murder. My dude. So I said I was going to do it earlier, and here it is. I have figured out who murdered Thalmatad. Oh, yeah, who? Red Herring. <laughs>